0: Gentlemen, the show is about to start in ten, nine, eight, 9, 8, 7, 6, on
1: the mountain. It's time for Inside the gamecock. the It's the show by the Barnabinium Company, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, and part of the Chief Sports Network. Touchdown, Carolina! Touchdown, Ace Sanders! (laughs) Pressure! He just dives in!
2: Congratulations. Man. Glad to have you. <laughs> Congrats. Thank you. Thank you, guys.
3: Um, as you can tell, my voice is not back to 100%. Uh, the flu bug went through the wedding party, which uh, I thought when we set that date of December 30th, the one thing I thought was, man, that's the time of the year everybody gets sick. <laughs> so we could have some sickness, and then lo and behold, uh, it, it wiped me out rehearsal dinner night wiped the bride out for New Year's (laughs) and my mom and, uh, oh, everybody else. So, uh, but it was, um, Mike Morgan's wife is sick now, summer. She never gets sick. Oh, no. So, so, uh, for those of you that were there that avoided it, congratulations. But uh, that's why I was not uh, back earlier this week. Um, Really just couldn't talk. And I'm going to try to make it through this, and I think I'll be fine. Uh, I may just have to sound like froggy from little rascals for a little bit, but, uh, yeah, beautiful ceremony. Um, I actually, uh, dried, dried up a little bit, uh, midway through it cause I didn't want to cry again on the show, but, uh, JB got me again. <laughs> he always gets me with these videos, but certainly appreciate all the well wishes, uh, for those that were there. And then I've got, I've got a ton of text and, um, you know, just outpouring of, of, Gamecocks all over the place. Uh, Shane Beamer even reached out and wished me a, uh, Steve Fink, uh, guys like that reached out and wished me a uh, congratulations. So I, I certainly appreciate each and every one of you from doing that. I'm a happy man. Uh, I think that if I look back through my career, I've probably done my best work as a married man, <laughs> just to be honest with you. So uh, I'm ready not only to live the good life and, and be a member of the club that JB and Phil are so happily a member of again, uh, but also looking forward to getting back to work and uh, really doing something special, not only with uh, the NIL stuff I do, but with the website and Chief Sports and the show and, and all that. I think that um, when my personal life is not tumultuous, not that it has been the last four years since I've been with her, but when all that's kind of settled and I, and I kind of know what i'm out there working for not just myself but my family uh, i do better and i think we all do so i'm, I'm looking forward to that as far as uh, continuing to kick a lot of ass for you guys uh, my audience here for the next uh 20 and then i'm probably going to the, that beach you just uh, saw for good and i won't have a twitter or uh maybe i maybe even get a damn flip phone and just turn it all off and i i won't even follow recruiting i'll just look at the roster the day of the opener and say, oh, the cock's got this guy. Great. <laughs> I'll put it all behind me. But uh, but for the next 20, you guys got me and got me at 100%. So um, thank you so much uh, for making all of you, because uh, even if you weren't there, I felt it and heard from you, uh, making that weekend very, very special. Uh, and, yeah, so every week between Christmas and New Year's now, I'll have Christmas, my birthday, and my anniversary all in one week. That's bold. Bold, cotton. Bold strategy cotton. <laughs> Bold strategy. <laughs> so, so that week, I, I think we'll continue to take that week off of the show. So anyway, thanks thanks so much, everybody. And uh, good to be plopped back down in the middle of all this portal madness uh, and be here with you guys today talking little Gamecocks.
2: Well, uh, first of all, greetings and good morning. Uh, and and welcome, everybody, back to the what Inside the Gamecocks uh, really is, uh, the three of us here. Uh, always live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the Barn Co. And, of course, served by Chicken Cock Whiskey. Can't thank all of them enough. And uh, it's our third day back here in the new year. JC's first, so it finally feels a little bit normal again. No disrespect intended at any of the wonderful guests we've had. We've got two more great ones today. Derek Scott will be here in 10 minutes. He's going to call a huge matchup tomorrow at Colonial Life Arena. That game's at noon on CBS. but. Uh, I uh, will be listening to Derek Casey because that place is going to be rocking for the Gamecocks, no doubt. And then in the one o'clock hour, we'll be joined by John Strickland. Uh, we'll get into a bunch of the football stuff with him. Clearly, we've got the scoop on the on the uh, portal commitments, commitments uh, and decommitments, um, and we'll we'll get into that and the coaching stuff and the whole nine yards. But um, uh, but with you being back, you know. It, look people tune in for football baseball Carolina stuff here uh at the end of the day um, we're all people and that was a an amazing trip last week being able to celebrate you and Nat and get spend time with your mom and your family and a lot of our friends and a lot of your friends that you've been friends with for 40 plus years or whatever it's been um so you know, we're kind of a family around here and, and we felt like it was Phil and I felt like it was the right thing to do to <laughs> make the immediate beginning of this program about uh, Nat and yourself and and, and y'all yeah. saying congratulations hoping, and, and yeah, really... She's
3: back there in the bedroom She went back to work today herself so I hope, I'm hoping mm-hmm. she caught that. I, I sent her a text as soon as it came on but
2: uh, if
3: not we'll definitely go back and rewind mm-hmm. and watch.
2: Right? Well I know where to find a copy of it so yeah, I, guess I was going to say yeah we <laughs> we <laughs> We'll I'm and sure and there's one coffee. floating we'll around out here. We'll send you a cup. <laughs> well, I, I had, so. to, had to make sure my my wife approved of it before we uh, before we played it. I said, "Do you think that they'll be all right with this?" And she said, "Yeah." So yeah, we, uh,
3: you even caught me from uh, the shoulders up. I appreciate that.
4: Yeah, I, I was surprised you were able to get good shots with the sun shining off my dome right next. Time. I saw well, Phil's
3: head flash
2: through before that And and you know I hope this all. Um, you know, comes off the way that it should, JC. Because I really mean this uh, so uh, perfectly and um, in, and in, uh, lovingly. But while we were uh, while we were down there, you know, we get off that bus, and Phil and I are getting off together, and Bill Gunner. And and I looked at Phil. Phil's carrying a drink off the bus, and I said, um, "Are we? Are you taking a a drink to the ceremony down on the beach?" And he goes. Yeah, I don't think there's any problem with that. And I said, well, I've never done that before. You know, I've been a part of a lot of weddings in my time. I've never gone down there with a drink in my hand during the ceremony. So uh, he said, yeah, I I think it's fine. I said, well, all right, if you're doing it, then I'll do it too. So we got off the bus and we went down and we noticed a couple others had them as well. But I was still a little bit unsure when I saw you walk down the aisle with a Miller light in your hand and Phil... (laughs) Phil nudged me with his elbow, and he said, "He's walking down the aisle with a beer in his hand. I think we're in good shape
4: here. <laughs> we're <okay>.
2: I knew, <laughs> quickly very I laid a, back. A wedding, oh, it was well, the
4: best atmosphere. There was no pretense. It was awesome. It was great. It was you weird. Know, well, they yeah. screwed up. We
3: had some music, like, but we were late. So, so it was like it was. We were late getting there because there was traffic in in our Uber. Uh, the, and the bus actually got there before we did. For those of you that don't know, I'm cool like that." Uh, the, the wedding was on Jupiter beach, which is about 25 minutes away from West Palm. So I got everybody at party bus and there is video somewhere of bill Gunter on the, on the stripper pole in the party bus just swinging around and around and around. I don't know yeah. where that is. Yeah. But if you're out there listening and you have it,
2: I know where it is. I,
3: I know need
4: where to find that. Yeah. Everybody <laughs> asked about it.
3: So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, so yeah, so we got out and then, you know, so I didn't know that that was actually my walk down the aisle. I thought I was just going to there to set up, but I was going to set the beer down. But then the next thing you know, here comes the flower girl. And I'm right. or, or no, no, behind me was was Joel and uh and Whittle. Whittle was my best man, you know. And uh, so here comes Whittle. And so it's like, oh well, but uh, yeah, we had a we had a nice little 12 pack out there uh yeah. during the ceremony. Ceremony is only 15 minutes long, and damn, there's only four left when, we, when the ceremony was over. <laughs> and then and my mom and and then her son died at my, again, and the, there were like five, six people there that didn't even drink. And I was like, "Wow, as my friends are here, definitely, yeah. it's a sign."
1: Oh, like, and that I showed good.
3: up after everybody was gone. I just said, "My friends have been here." Yeah. There's only four beers friends left here. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like Reacher I- I- investigating it. There's only four beers. Well,
2: I game. well, so look, you know, to uh, not to you know take from that, but I mean, we had how are, how long, Phil? Were we on the bus? 25 minutes
4: wasn't if that
2: if that 20 minutes 25 minutes something like that so bill and i went to the liquor store that morning our our job was to stock this thing and um and so we went to a a liquor store a very apparently fine establishment we it wasn't the liquor was not overpriced at all uh but uh, some of these cats that don't know what to do with their money that live in palm beach wow um, there was a guy down there who bought four bottles of wine for sixty eight hundred dollars in He's this totally... store, and I, I about had a puke when I heard it. Anyways, so we get the get the liquor, which was a handle of vodka in a in a seven fifty uh, of uh, trace, and because uh, couldn't I couldn't bring the chicken cot, and they wouldn't let me fly with it because I was on, I wasn't checking a bag. And, um, so we just got trace and which is fine. And two K to, to uh, a case of Miller light. That'd be plenty. We got to the ceremony and there was, there was maybe two, maybe, it the most two drinks left in the handle of vodka I said this has been 20 minutes where did all of this go and I when you got anybody... back on the bus we had like those <laughs> those four beers you brought back on plus only another four so I was trying to figure out I've only had one so maybe two to think of okay, who okay was we'll all the bus play. I don't know oh but, so uh, skipper
3: skipper was on the bus yeah uh Bill and Lauren were on the bus you guys are Dean and Phil were on the bus. Oh God, who else? So, anyway,
2: it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun. But most importantly, at the end of the day, amongst all those stories, it was really a beautiful time. And, and, uh, I, I'm, I was an honored to be a part of it and really thankful, uh, not only for that, but apparently that I'm the only one that got out of there without getting sick. So I'm thankful for that too. And, you should um, be thankful
3: for that because yeah, this, this was, this was dirty. I mean, I'm usually sick for one day and then I'm fine. And, the day of the wedding, like, like the day, day I thought rehearsal, see, I thought I was just hung over the day of the rehearsal dinner when I got up. Then I started shivering and running a fever. So I slept through the day of the wedding. I got up and I just pumped myself full of all kinds of medication and went uh, and hung out um, over at one of the bars with Skipper and Bill and Lauren and uh, then came back and I was good to go.
2: That I was day. there for that.
4: <laughs>
3: and then and then new year's eve man i made it till about 9 30 but nat got sick yeah. and so that whole sickness and in health thing kind of cut my night short i started feeling bad i was like why
2: well, well, they say man. that yeah they're gonna test the sickness early. and in health man yeah. i need
3: to go back so and then we stayed in bed all day i had like a relapse we stayed in bed all day new year's eve i mean i i watched those games from the, the marriott <laughs> you know and so uh Anyway, enough about that, man. Lots to get to with the Gamecocks. Certainly yep. fired up about this basketball game tomorrow, and I've got some, some, obviously some thoughts about the new Portal Editions and where they could go from here. And I haven't been on since Pop Howard left, and I think Stone Blanton left, and so we got a lot to get to.
2: Now we're going to get to all of that. There is no doubt about it, but we do need to step aside for a timeout. The basketball team is front and center, and they should be. Uh, they are twelve and one right now as they enter SEC play, and we mentioned yesterday. There's a lot of a lot of things that Lamont Paris himself can individually achieve this year as a second year basketball coach at the University of South Carolina that nobody, none of them, not even the great Frank McGuire, have ever achieved, and it will continue to go that way if they can take down the Bulldogs of Mississippi State. Derek Scott's going to call the game. He's the, in my opinion, the greatest voice for any team in college basketball, and he'll be sharing that voice with us when we return here on ITG.
6: This break is presented by Billy G's Carolina Barbecue, the state newspapers' 2023 winner for best catering, best barbecue, and best food truck. Visit Billy G's CarolinaBarbecue.com for all of your catering needs.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. This is
2: Jacoby Wright from Gamecock Basketball, and you are listening to the show with J.B., Phil, and J.C. Go Gamecocks. Yeah, it's 11-22. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C., J.B., and Phil. Hats off to the ladies. They stay undefeated and improve that combo record at Carolina to 25-1, and 89-66 the final last night in the Swamp. Gamecocks now 1-0 in SEC play, defeating the Florida Gators. Next up, tomorrow noon, Colonial Life Arena, and Derek Scott here in the new year will get his first chance to call a game as they welcome Mississippi State to town uh, for their first game of an 18-game SEC slate. And Derek, sure are glad to have you. Happy New Year! I hope you had a great and merry Christmas and holiday season. And I know you're ready to get to work because the Gamecocks sure are.
7: Yep, that is all the case. And I want to issue a congratulations to JC, who uh I saw over the holidays exited the portal, and uh, that was awesome <laughs> to see. So, yeah. congrats, Bud.
3: Thank you so much. It was uh, I'm a happy man. So it's. Uh, it was, uh, it was great. It was really great. Really good, good stuff. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I am
7: ready. And believe me, uh, it's, it's been weird having so few games over the last couple of weeks, and that wasn't a complaint. It was nice to get a break, but uh, but we are definitely ready to uh, ramp it back up and get into the routine of two games on one coach's show every week again.
3: Let me ask you this about that, there, because I was thinking about that. I've, I've thought about this for the last 10 years or so. College basketball used to not be structured this way with all the breaks. Do you think fundamentally it's good or bad? Uh, I liked it, frankly, when they started after Thanksgiving where there were these Christmas tournaments and all that. But now it just seems like, oh, you got a week off for exams. Now you got a week off for Christmas and New Year's. And it's just – and everything's kind of crammed into early November before people start to care. I I don't know. What what are your thoughts about
7: that? That's tough. It really is. I mean, football is so dominant. I just saw something a little bit ago on social media showing the top 100 U.S. TV broadcasts of the year, and they were all football. Other than the Thanksgiving Day parade, the Oscars, and some one one item that was political programming, I don't know what it was. Maybe a debate. Everything else was football. Most of that NFL, some of that college, but for basketball, it is just such an uphill climb to find their their uh, I guess their balance point in the early portion of the season. So long as football is going on, and you could argue that starting as early as they do, they get lost. But then you could also say, you know, sometimes it's harder during the holidays because ESPN, you know, is focused on all the bowl games that they've done so well with in terms of viewership. So I don't know that there is a a great answer in there in terms of the best time to do it. Uh, but certainly you're right. It it does feel like there's a lot more dead time, uh, over the holidays than, than there once was. And, uh, I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon because TV makes so many of the decisions for everyone in this industry.
2: You know, Derek. Uh, while we were down there for for celebrating that, and JC, uh, we didn't get a chance to spend a ton of time with JC. Obviously, he had some things to do the the day before all that type <laughs> stuff. But uh, but Bill Gunner and Whittle and myself and Phil, a, a lot of the conversation we had was about this basketball team, uh, and and the fact that they they i mean the loss to clemson it always stings when you lose to that team in the upstate certainly could have helped them by winning with the season the tigers are having but it really it really didn't hurt them and, and and they've done they've done nothing to hurt themselves i mean they they historically as you know you've had a front row seat for all of it there's one or two maybe sometimes more hiccups and you're going what do we need to do to eliminate this but but even though they were close from time to time they found ways to win so what what have you learned about this team through the non-conference league?
7: Well, They are really steady, uh, and the maturity shows through in just what you're talking about. I mean, there are plenty of really good college basketball teams out there who have stumbled this year somewhere along the way. I mean, somebody as good as Florida Atlantic, who was in the Final Four last year. They they beat Arizona in maybe the best game I've watched all season this year, and then they turn around and lose to Florida Gulf Coast, who needed overtime to beat a Division II team just before that. I, it is... It happens. It, it really does. And it's it's very nice for it not to be on South Carolina's resume this year. Any sort of loss that needs to be forgotten or uh, justified or explained, there's nothing like that. And to get into conference play at 12-1, and I'm with you. I, I think that's probably as good as you could possibly have envisioned. You, you had the late lead at Clemson. It stinked to let it get away. Uh, but... I mean come on they're uh, they're the you know maybe the best team in the ACC you are on the road it happens uh they're that that's a loss that no one's going to question uh so yeah uh, it was it was about as good as you could hope for and now you have to find out what it takes to do on the next level and that's what I'm curious about because all the things this team has done so very well in terms of uh taking care of the basketball sharing the basketball defending it up more consistent level than I anticipated, that is all well and good, but it gets so much harder to do that in conference play. And we were talking with Coach Paris and uh, assistant coach Tim Buckley on the, sh- the radio show last night about that, getting the league play, and everybody knows what everybody else does. Scouting reports are so thorough. Nothing's going to catch anyone by surprise. And it's just its so much harder to, to, to inch forward on every possession. Uh, and, and so that's where it all changes starting tomorrow, and we will see uh, how this team reacts to being put in a more challenging situation in, in conference play. Gamecocks, according to the release from
2: the university just a few minutes ago, are seeking to begin 13-1 and one for just the sixth time in program history. The last time they did do it, they were left out of the tournament the year before y'all went to the Final four, uh, Derek, so it's only happened twice since the turn of the century, 3 04 under Dave Odom. The others, 1970 and prior. Um, you, there's a lot to – and there's a lot that goes into a lot of what you just said, too, confidence, maturity. Hats off, by the way, to the – finally, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but finally, we get a one of those heart-throbbing feel-good videos yesterday about Gamecock basketball. Um, they spent a lot of time on that. You could tell they did. It was really good, and the end of it was really good too. When Miles Studi was asked the question by our friend David Kloninger, well, how, you, how paraphrasing here, how are you going to handle this, that, and the other? And he said, "Well, how are they going to handle us?" That tells me a lot about these guys. As you mentioned, they've been around a while. They're very confident in what they can do, and they're very mature as well.
7: Yeah, they are, and they've been. You know, guys like Studi's been in this league before. He's he's played against this competition the last couple of years, and. Certainly Michi. I think, probably learned a lot about what it takes last year. And maybe some of the other guys haven't been in this conference, but they're old enough to have played conference ball and know how much it changes when you get into your league, no matter where you are, whether that's, you know, transitioning into SOCOM play. If you're B.J. Mack when you were a Wofford or, you know, whatever Talon Cooper went through when, when, uh, when. You know Minnesota began Big Ten play last year, so they realize what it's going to be about. The freshmen probably don't, but there's only a couple of them on this roster, and they don't have as much of a role to play in the, in all of it. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how how they react. I'm glad they're opening at home. I wish I wish it was when students were back on campus. I don't know quite what to expect from the student section tomorrow. I hope there's some kids who are back early and ready to roll. Uh, because that will make a difference, especially when your next two after this one are uh, both on the road. You know, you, you have to try and take business, take care of your business at home in, uh, in in conference play in any sport and, you know, fully leverage what that home court or home field advantage can provide you. I, I'm going to say this 15
2: more times before we let you get off the air. I literally can't wait till 1130 tomorrow to cut on the broadcast uh, for you and Casey because I know that place is going to be jumping and it's going to be raucous. I'm going to ask you about Mississippi State and w- what you expect out of those guys but I'm going to preface it with something we've discussed a couple of times this week about the January slate for the Gamecocks it is difficult our difficult road contest but everybody in the league has difficult schedules now because it is so good it might be the best league in college basketball Derek I'm 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 asking you what they what you expect from them but I'm saying this after this one they have the Vols at home, fifth-ranked Tennessee. Then they've got Alabama walking in. Anybody that looks at Alabama's record and is judging them off that 8-5, and five, you are sadly mistaken. And then they've got to go to Rupp. So those next three are as difficult as any three you could string together in this league, as we all well know. This is They're probably viewing this as we have got to go to Columbia and win this ballgame, or we could be in big-time danger here. What type of basketball do they play and how are they going to try to achieve that?
7: Yeah, well, I mean, the, the one thing I would push back on to what you said there is they had such a disastrous start last year and still managed to turn around. I think they may have been one and seven last year coming out of uh, out of the gating conference play. And they and they kept their composure, turned it around, got hot late, made the NCAA tournament. Sure. Uh, and they have all five starters back from that team. So they, they know not to press the panic button, I think. But you're right. That's a daunting way to start uh, in, in league play, for sure. When you talk about you know that those uh, those three games that, you know follow this one and starting on the road, um, they are very similar to last year. The only thing we don't know yet is how big of a factor Tolu Smith can be because he has he was he's their best and he has missed the entirety of the non conference prior to their last game. His first minutes of the season came against Bethune Cookman on New Year's Eve. But he has been cleared of any minute's limitations. Now, he is a old-school, traditional, low-post big man. And he can be a huge factor both ends of the court as a rim protector defensively and offensively. Uh, he, He can really make for a long day with his abilities around the basket. And, you know, I think Lamont said it last night. You've got to have a lot of fouls to use. Uh, and he feels good that he does. Between BJ and uh, Benjamin and Josh, you got three guys uh, who can spend some time trying to defend in the low post, and and they'll all have to against a guy as talented as, as Tolu Smith. But really, defense is the calling card for this Mississippi State team. Last year, they were so good on defense and so bad on offense. They were dead last in the nation in three point shooting. Uh, and not much better than dead last in the nation in free throw shooting. And they went out and addressed that, you know, with the transfer portal and with uh, high school recruiting to try and get the shooting better. And it's a, it's shown some improvement, but it's still a team that hangs its hat on the defensive end. They challenge every shot. When you are going to watch tomorrow, if you're there, uh, you know, or if you're, you know, doing the TV thing, but every three-point attempt, there will be someone flying, at the shooter, and they don't care if you pump fake and move somewhere else. They would prefer that. They they want to try and impact and challenge every single shot from the perimeter, and it and it pays off. I mean, there's no denying that when you look at their you know any of the analytic numbers for this bunch, you start with defense. They are fifth in the nation in three point percentage defense. Folks only make about 26 percent of their threes against them, and that's because of their aggressiveness, how they challenge it, and then their guards are constantly looking to challenge passing lanes and pick your pocket. They they have a bunch of dudes who who crop up, you know, rack up steel totals. It's, you know, it's kind of the opposite of South Carolina's approach defensively where the steel totals are low because they're just trying to play sound half-court defense and not take any risks, stay in position. These guys come at you so aggressively and and just even that first pass when you're, you know, when you're, Kind of activating the offense, just trying to get it to the wing to begin your offense. They're going to challenge that. I, I think John Rothstein from CBS Sports uh, basically said it was like having root canal without novocaine. That's that's what it's like playing against the Mississippi State defense. And uh, there's a little bit of hyperbole there, but I, I get it, man. They are they are a real bear to deal with at that end of the court.
2: So, so who becomes? I don't want to say more valuable. They're all valuable, but in your mind as it stands today, who, who is going to be the key to the Gamecock success if they can have some offensively tomorrow? Is it Talon Cooper?
7: Uh, well, a lot of it, it, will be on Talon because taking care of the basketball, and keeping those turnovers low is, is huge. And like I said, Mississippi state's guards are going to try and get into uh, the ball handle, whoever that is. And with Talon being bigger, they will try and get up and under his knees a lot. You can just expect that from from uh, from their backcourt, no question about it. Uh, so yeah, he'll he'll have a big role to play, and plus he he is the head of the snake as far as I think trying to make sure everybody stays calm and stays in there within themselves and doesn't panic uh, any if it is harder for them out of the gate. Um, South Carolina. The second time around with Mississippi State in Starkville last year looked to have learned a lot from the first time and played them very well uh, down there. And that was at the time of year when State was really playing some of its best basketball toward the end of the season. So I think Michi will retain that a lot. Josh Gray was a big factor in that last year. I'm real curious to see what his role looks like tomorrow, considering he has been uh, a bit of a non-factor really throughout the month of December.
2: Great point. Derek Scott, voice of GameCup basketball. Yeah, on that, I mean, Lamont, what was it last or not last week? I don't know, it's the last couple of weeks. He, he mentioned that publicly. He's like, look, Josh, especially in SEC play, he, he's he got a spot here. Like he can be, he's got a role. Uh, it's really more along of him figuring out that he has that role and, and do it to the best of his ability. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Uh, I, what, what in your mind is that role for Josh Gray?
7: Well, I think matchups matter for him as a seven-footer. The game has gone away from, uh, you know, that sort of player having a consistent ability to impact the game unless they are just dominant along the lines of, you know, Zach Eady or or somebody like that. So he needs to see folks on the other side of the court who look like he does. And and that hasn't happened much in non-conference plays, certainly not of late uh it's been tough matchups for him against smaller you know post players who can stretch the floor and pull him away from the basket he won't have to worry about that tomorrow uh tolu smith and william bell are a couple of very large humans uh and they are going to focus on the low post being in the paint which is what he does uh and so based on horses for courses i think josh could uh, could definitely be asked to 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 play a larger role tomorrow
2: i hope so I would love to see him going just based on what you've said in years past. He's a great kid, and this could be a big confidence builder for him if he can go out there and get it done. Uh, A couple months ago, we were talking about, you know, the early stages of this team and what to expect, and uh, Colin Murray Boyles came up, and this is, I think, when we first got news that he had come down with mono. And I remember J.C. saying, uh, oh, yeah, this kid's good. You know, and J.C. is big, a big-time basketball guy. He, he, he'll he tell you real quick. <laughs> Six, sixth grade, he could fire it up from out there deep. Um,
3: eighth, all
4: conference. Eight,
2: yep. Eighth grade. I'm sorry. sorry. You know, gold jacket, green jacket. But – um say.
4: Not just a yeah. church league assassin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That would have
3: been tenth grade, 23.7 so points, points be, per yeah. game.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no,
3: I was. Involved. You guys don't believe me at all. I wish. I no, had... I do believe. No, no, believe.
4: I, I, just, I I've, I've had confirmation from this from independent sources. You, I, I, you were the most athletic cell, out of the group. Yeah, Childcare cell phone.
3: Sources. Cell phone. It, that, those are the times I wish we had cell phone cameras because <laughs> uh, my, my athletic greatness would be known, but I also maybe in prison. So uh, isn't, isn't
7: that crazy? Both of us are so thankful that they didn't exist when we were teenagers, and, and J.C. just pointed out a reason we all might wish they, they yeah, didn't exist. a little said, bit, you yeah. know,
2: but uh, anyway, <laughs> I, I,
3: I, I digress. Call him Maury Bulls, good. Well, okay, <laughs> that's where we left off. <laughs> right. right.
2: And I think, he, Derek, how close is he to kind of being what they – I'm clearly, he's young. I mean, he's got a long time to continue to grow up and get better and better and better. But uh, he's gained minutes and he's gained strength and he's gained knowledge playing at this level. What, what have you watched him do since he's been back for a month? And, and uh, what do you think he will do as SEC play
7: begins and the t- competition starts to get pretty darn good? Well, his most two or two most productive games were his last two. I think that says something about – how much uh, more comfortable he's getting and getting his strength back. And he went up for a dunk against uh, Florida AM. It and was, m It was a play where they fed Bozeman's Verdonk in the high post, right around the free throw line. Then spun around to face the basket. Defense came towards him, and he slapped a bounce pass down under the hoop to uh, Colin. And he was right at the rim, but he went up in, in a much more explosive fashion than we had seen, and he dunked on a guy who was right there with him. And that was, I think, telling that he feels more confidence in his ability to go up. And and Lamont and I talked about that afterwards, the, the, the comparison between his first outing at Clemson, where he got another feed where he was going to the rim and he went up soft, so to speak, he was going to lay it in and the ball got swatted off the backboard by PJ Hall or somebody. And it was like, okay. Lamont said, he goes, you know, if that is Colin during this summer when we're in the Bahamas or getting ready for that, he goes, he, he goes up and yanks that dunk, and it's not even up for debate, but he just he doesn't have that kind of energy and strength right now. Well, he showed that maybe that's back somewhat the way he went up against uh, Florida A&M. Now, of course, for most any true freshman, the transition to league play is usually like a cold bucket of water in the face uh, because you have to see how much more physical the games get and how much harder it is to, you know, make anything happen. Uh, so there, there, there's that that he's got awaiting him, you know, this week. But I definitely feel like he's ready to, uh, to contribute more, and I'm really uh, excited to see how he does match up because Mississippi State, uh, besides Tolu Smith in the middle, they've got some really experienced forwards, guys that have been around the block two and three years, uh, Cameron Matthews, D.J. Jeffries, old guys. Similar body types, though, to Colin. And, uh, and so that will be – you know, those will both be good matchups for him uh, to, uh, to see how he can can handle things his first time out.
2: You know, you know Derek, that stretch there after the Clemson game, go up and, and survive in Greenville uh, and, and take down the Pirates. Um, CSU – CSU played really well. Give them some credit. I mean, they, they played really, really well. Um, Gamecocks survived by four. Uh, winthrop you know gave him a little bit of a run when I, I like winthrop uh gamecocks get out of there with a 10 point win and then th- these last two 27 point victory over elon 32 point victory over florida a&m which i looked at florida a&m's non-con and wolf boy they play everybody man yeah um what do you think that let's see 32 um it was 60 points i guess 59 points combined uh, victories in those last two games did that do anything for this team did, it, it kind of felt like they needed that getting into the break and going into conference play
7: yeah uh maybe just to assure people that it wasn't you know uh, uh fool's gold so to speak uh with the the production and the wins over virginia tech and green king and, and in point as well you know as competitively as they did against clemson it might have been needed to maybe reassure people of that. I don't know that the players necessarily worried about it as much as maybe some of us, you know, watching externally might have, but it could not have been a bad thing. And Lamont talked about how going into that last game, he wanted to make sure his guys didn't coast and didn't really squander uh, or spoil any of what they had achieved by having one of those, those sorts of bad days. And yeah, there, were, certainly, there are a couple games there you could pull out and say, well, they didn't dominate the way they should have. But again, man, these are still, this is an older team, but this is still young. These are still young people uh, and they are going to be completely guilty consistently of looking at uh, things just like the rest of us do and saying, ah, it's just Florida AM, It's just Elon. They, you know, they, if, if they don't know you, how how can we expect them to really come out dialed in? Uh, and and that's just the reality I'd say of any sport. But you know you shouldn't have to worry about that from here on in. Uh, and and the important thing is like we said earlier, they didn't stumble. they might have they might have you know gotten a little bit off balance, but they never truly hit the deck, and it didn't cost them any. Um, and yeah, Mississippi State lost to Southern University. Yeah, right, year, so exactly. Yeah. Mississippi State lost to Georgia Tech. And what is it they like to say about not letting uh, one one game there cost you, you yep. two? I don't, don't think there's you any you. doubt that, that that Georgia Tech loss cost them the next time out against Southern. Uh, and and that's one I'm sure that they are hopeful it won't come back to bite them like it potentially could. If it's like last year, you know, last year they were in the first four. They barely got into the tournament. They were last year where South Carolina is this year, either undefeated or one loss and a surprising performance in the non-conference, uh, then league play hit them like a you know a, a brick wall, and it took them a while to get get them, their balance back. And then they've really finished strong and just got in. But had they had one of those bad losses last year in the non-conference, they probably don't get one of those last four spots. Yeah, I
2: I remember that when they uh, the, the like you said earlier, state really got it turned around. And then I think they finished the regular season like nine and three or nine and four or something like that. But those last few games, after they beat Carolina, that game you're talking about in Stark uh in Starkville, yep. They turned around and got beat by Vanderbilt.
7: You remember that? And then in Vanderbilt. Yeah, they lost to Vanderbilt in, if I'm not mistaken, the regular season finale. Yeah. The last game yeah. of the regular season. They lost at Vandy. Then they went to the conference tournament and and felt like we've got to have success here. And I remember watching them in overtime beat Florida the first game of the day and uh, and and that was enough because they turned around and lost Alabama ever expected them to the next right. day got blown out and, and I'm sure they they didn't walk out of you know the arena feeling like well we know our oh, we're in good shape here, but they did manage to get in. Played Pittsburgh, lost by one. But when they when they got Tolu Smith to come back for his twenty seventh season of college basketball, when he announced he was coming back, and they had the whole roster, basically the whole starting lineup back, it was kind of like, wow, this this could be a huge opportunity uh, for Chris Chans to, to to really take some steps.
2: Uh, Derek, I want to I want to ask you about the SEC in, the, in a minute, but uh, but I we haven't mentioned Michi much. Uh, just four of twenty two from long range. Uh, since the East Carolina game prior to that he hits remember hit, that six and that that Clemson game up there um so he he's certainly struggled from behind the arc we all know what he's capable of but what's really 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 been neat about him oh god I don't even know if I want to say it going back to the note <laughs> you know where I'm going on the free throw side of this thing right the, the numbers are let's just I'm not gonna say it all I don't want to jinx him but going back to the Notre Dame game, I don't know if there's anybody out there better than
7: him in college basketball. He, he's he's been- perfect since then. I don't mind saying it because I don't okay. buy any right. garbage. And I, I okay. All right. In there every game since then, I, I Casey would that. put his hands in his or his head in his hands every time I would mention it. But I, I was convinced that Michi didn't hear me say it. So I couldn't really impact things. Now he, he's really <laughs> steadied the ship at the line. And you're talking about the three point shooting. I, I, I have to imagine there's so much emphasis defensively on teams to run him off of the line that it's opened the door for him to drive, penetrate, get fouled, uh, and also hand out assists. And he and you've seen those numbers going in the right direction. He's really created opportunities for his teammates uh, with his ability to get to the 10. And uh, so, yeah, uh, he, he, you, like we talked earlier, you won't get a clean look at a three against these guys tomorrow. That's guaranteed. You've got to just keep your focus and finish the shot. Or if you're not going to do that, you've got to really try and, Go aggressively into the paint and, and see what you can create that way. So uh, Gamecocks need Michi to be, you know, uh, their leader. I mean, that's just the bottom line. He's the most consistent offensive threat they've got. Uh, and that's been the case basically since conference play started last year. And they need that in, in, uh, in a big way from him from him, uh, really throughout the next couple of months.
2: I'm going to predict Carolina scores 140 tomorrow uh, with all this defensive talk that we're, we're discussing. That'd be fun for you and Casey, wouldn't it? Um, so, uh, th- this th- this is elite, Derek. It's probably been a while, may, maybe ever. I don't know. You have to do a lot of research on that. But, but the slate tomorrow to open SEC play is just absolutely phenomenal. And I know that you keep up with all these programs because you're going to see them all uh, throughout the year and you're a basketball geek like a lot of us are. Um, for those that haven't seen the schedule, look it up. If you like basketball, settle in at noon, and you'll be done tomorrow night around 10.30. And then Alyssa Lang and the crew will, will, on the SEC network will carry you to about midnight. Um, Kentucky on the road at Florida tomorrow. Auburn on the road at Arkansas. Ole Miss at Tennessee. LSU's at A&M. You know, Alabama's got Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has struggled, but anytime you go on the road, especially in Nashville, you know, weird things happen sometimes. So it, it is really just a phenomenal slate. And uh, and I wanted to roll that out there, so you could give us your thoughts on the conference as they do step into yeah. SEC play. Uh,
7: it's it's really deep. Big Twelve's probably the only conference right now that can that can claim to be deeper, uh, and they don't have as many teams. But I mean, Big Twelve is positioned right now where I think there are eight different you know teams. Who, I mean, everybody practically is in the top sixty. The net in that league, it's crazy. But no one else beyond them has more teams top 50 net uh, rankings, then the SEC. The, the ACC continues to really flounder these last couple of years, and, and uh, you yeah. know, their, their reputation as the basketball gods is really on, on life support, uh, the way that league has, has kind of turned in the last couple of years after a couple of luminaries have, have retired uh, in, in their respective communities. But you, you look at what the SEC has right now, You've got the schools you thought would be good who have been, like Tennessee uh, and, 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 you know, A&M. Uh, but there's Ole Miss, who I don't think anybody saw this coming. Uh, long-term, I think everybody, you know, knows what Chris Beard can do. But, my goodness, they're undefeated. Uh, and one of, what, three undefeated teams left in college basketball. Yep. Uh, and then South Carolina certainly has been a surprise for a lot of people so far. Kentucky kind of bouncing back a little bit from the last couple of years. And they've gone back to the old formula of having a ton of talented freshmen. Uh, but these guys really have been able to uh, return that that style of explosive offensive play that uh, Calipari, you know, made kind of famous down there in, in his first few years with all the great recruiting classes he had. Uh, yeah, I mean, it is a deep, deep league. Auburn has kind of stayed under the radar but that's a top 25 program that Bruce has right now and more depth than he's had in a while if there's anybody who may have been a little bit of a disappointment big picture it may be Arkansas but when you then you step back and look at who their losses are to you go okay there's absolutely nothing in there that really makes you raise a red flag just they haven't won as much as you might have thought they would but Muscleman has done a, a pretty amazing job year over year of getting his guys steadied when they've had some stumbles through injuries and so forth. And then you talked about Alabama earlier. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Nate Oates played the the schedule he played, uh, but he he put his guys through it and they'll be fine. I mean, I think they're still. Yeah. You know, you look at if you believe the analytics tell the real story about a team. I think uh, Ken Palm still has them top five. In spite of all the losses, so the way they play still measures up. So yeah, there is a there's a lot of talent uh, in this league right now. It's it's pretty amazing.
2: I admitted the Georgia Bulldogs as well off to a hot start. They've won a bunch of games since they got off a little slow this year against some good teams. By the way, um, dogs broke that 12 game losing streak last year to South Carolina. Gamecocks turned around, and gave it back to them, looking to start another 12 game streak. That's down the road tomorrow at noon, 11:30. This guy, Derek Scott and Casey Manning, will uh, be on the call. The mics will be hot, and they will tip at noon on CBS. If you're going to the game, enjoy it. Hopefully that place will be rocking. I anticipate that it will, and uh, Carolina will start the entire slate of SEC play tomorrow before anybody else gets on the floor. All those other teams, they don't get to listen to Derek They can, but you're not the voice of them. Uh, You're the voice of us, and that's why we're the luckiest program in this conference and beyond. Really glad to have you. Good to see you. Can't wait to hear you tomorrow. And uh, and I hope they give you something to crow about after two hours of basketball.
7: Hey, and Before I go, guys, uh, I just realized I got the itinerary for our road trip. I'm going to be in Tuscaloosa Monday night when they're playing the national championship football game. Uh, I wonder if I'll find anybody to uh, have a cold beverage and a peanut with at any of the local establishments there on University Boulevard. We can talk about the challenges of the shotgun snap and uh, why that seems to be something that Coach Saban may have to focus on a little more next year in preseason. <laughs> have look,
2: Derek.
7: <laughs> you know, is, is that why they
4: all Their new search in Portal.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that, that kid's, yeah, he's long gone. Uh, he's going to go play football in Alaska. That's the only way. He'll, he, I hope he doesn't have any uh, oak trees in his parents' front yard. Those will be gone. I mean, what a, what a, yeah, man. I, that was, how about that? You're a football guy. How about this championship?
7: Um, I'm amazingly intrigued by considering the SEC is not involved. Uh, It has been the strangest year to see the balance out there. I mean, this is like the, the old days when we were young and you actually could have teams from all parts of the country who might be capable of winning the national championship. It has been so focused on our part of the country for so long now, not that I'm complaining about that, but it is amazing to sit here and look up and, and go, huh, uh, Pac- Pac-12 team in the uh, in the national championship, and no one's sitting here thinking they're going to get their doors blown off. It's it It's really uh, intriguing. I, I don't know when, the, when we look back at it all, will we all say, well, this had a lot to do with, you know, players with extra years of eligibility and more older guys. I don't know what it'll be attributable to, or if it will maybe be sustainable. But at least for this year, it's it's been it's been a ton of fun to uh, to watch how season season's unfolded, just from a you know a fan of college football perspective and uh, and guys that aren't necessarily NFL future stars, but still you know can come in and, and make a big difference uh, and lead a team like uh, like you know like like the kid the, the Pennix kid has done at Washington. It's it's uh, been pretty amazing to watch. It Really has.
2: Yeah, it's uh, you can make the argument. I don't know if Washington is the best offense in football. They're they're up there. They're the best passing offense in football. There is no argument for who the best defense in college football is. At least from a point standpoint, it is Michigan. They only give up nine and a half per game. So that some something got to give somewhere.
3: Yeah. Uh, this would be know, the- we'll see. Northernmost national champion since '97, when Michigan won a uh, co-title. Washington won a co-title in '91. So, 27 and 33 years. How about that? Talking about that far north. Yeah. Um, Of course, I mean Seattle's far north, but it's a lot different climate than than Michigan. It's not as cold, but uh, it doesn't uh, really sunshine up there. But yeah, uh, good for these guys. Um, And uh, I'm with you. I, I think that's that's good for the game. It's a shame that. Next year, these are going to be two Big Ten schools, and we're going to go to all these national conferences and stuff. But uh, a heck of a finish. And the 14 playoff ended like it started because it started with a Big Ten Pac 12 game in Texas. It's going to end with a Big Ten Pac 12 game in Texas. Yeah. I'm just happy those jerks of the Rose Bowl did not get their precious matchup because they ruined <laughs> college football for 100 years before they let us have a true champion.
2: Derek. Can't wait to hear you tomorrow, back-to-back road trips afterwards. As you mentioned, you're headed to T-Town and then on the road to another Columbia, Missouri, before returning to face those Georgia Bulldogs that we just mentioned a little bit ago. But um, hopefully the trip to Tuscaloosa will be a 1-0 trip uh, for Cop basketball. Can't wait, man. Have a, have a blast this weekend. Thanks for all you do, and uh, thanks for joining us today. All right, guys. Take care. There you go. The great voice of Cop basketball and baseball. It's almost – I didn't even get to joke with him about that. Starting next month, Derek becomes the busiest man in the whole state. I mean, he's got two months' worth of just chaos between basketball. basketball, Professor chaos. Professor chaos. Oh, what you got working here, Phil? What is
4: this? I
2: like this. Like it. You got a JC with a little, yeah, there you go. Oh, show us some of that party bus one. show us some of them party bus moves no.
3: you gotta get Bill Gunner on for that no. yeah he, uh, he put
4: on an entire performance where some of us just uh, you know hinted at it again, <laughs> again Mike, yeah. in the age of cell phones
2: <laughs> as the gold tones pointed out yesterday I was very happy to be sitting in the front of that bus not in the back
3: Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Mike and Summer were on the bus too. I'm trying to. St- I was trying to think of who all was on the bus. No, right.
2: just Mike. Summer. What? She had to drive right, this Summer, bar. Right. Yeah. Okay. Just, right. Me and Mike. I, I we thought, just. Yeah. Like little high school girls, we sat there and made fun of everybody.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Upon reflection, that was uh, not really considering the uh, pathogenic nightmare that the back of that bus was at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <loving>. <laughs> Oh, uh, our one is in the books. We still
2: have John Strickland ahead. When we return, though, it's, this is JC's platform. A lot has been moving in the portal for the Gamecocks and coaching staff and more with the football program. We'll get his thoughts and expert opinion right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.
5: Uh, Got its name. And Chickencock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County.
3: If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Sear Foss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside. All of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong gamecock fan and many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been a hundred percent satisfied with the detail and care she uses cindy seerfoss 864-414-5271 Colwell banker kane in the upstate for your real estate needs
2: building your dream home is often just that a dream and sometimes a nightmare
1: Columbia and go game
2: Yeah, Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. Just think about that and remember that for your next event, Midlands—they'll travel too. You got to get them on the books early if you need them to travel, maybe to the Low Country or to the Upstate for a major event. Do you need their food truck, all that type of stuff? Yeah, it's—they're very highly sought after. But Billy G's Carolina Barbecue dot com is where you can go to book. Mr. Bill and his entire team of phenomenal people and even better food. I don't mean that disrespectfully to the people, but the food is. Mm. CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com uh, to order, to have it delivered to your home, including that secret spice rub that you don't just have to put on a, a big Boston bud or ribs or anything. like. That. I put it on broccoli. I put it on green beans. You can put it on mashed potato. You can literally put it on anything. It's phenomenal on shrimp. Have it delivered to your doorstep. BillyG'sCarolinaBarbecue.com, CarolinaBarbecueSauce.com to put your order in today. Clearly, JC is back, saw Nat in the chat box. She's here, too, and uh, feeling a little bit better. So glad to have the Schubert family. Are you going to get her a matching hockey jersey, by the way, like now that she's a Schubert? Are you going to get one specially made without the R for Nat, or does she have to keep the R in her last name?
3: I'm actually Got it fixed. I just haven't gone to pick up. I mean, It's been over there for two months. Um, mm. Excuse me for rubbing my nose there. I wasn't. Rub, I wasn't digging anything out. It's itched, but uh, I keep forgetting this video sometimes. But um, no, uh, yeah. So, I, it's actually got it fixed. So, if she's getting anything, it's going to be the the right
4: spelling. But mm. uh,
3: it would have been funny to get matching Schubert.
4: Uh, matching Schubert's. Yes. Every
3: time, every every time I think of Schubert, I think of that band EMF from the nineties Schubert dip was the name of their album. Yeah. <laughs> See, we, we don't know album names anymore because we don't, we don't have MTV, you know, with videos, but that, uh, unbelievable. Oh, bump, 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 That was uh, unbelievable by EMF off of album called Schubert dip. Now, oh. nobody could name a single damn song of Schubert oh. dip, except you're unbelievable. Oh, really me mm-hmm. with your questions. I have to tell more lies. A, just a regular David Bowie that group was <laughs> with all their all their illustrious songwriting it's like if the cure all of a sudden got happy and they did one happy song and then they're like I don't want to do this anymore let's just go back to being sad all right Michael <laughs>
2: we'll have to when we when these songs come up mad dog you'll have to just plug them in as we're going to break. And things like that.
4: No, I, unbelievable. I, a soundboard would help me with that, and I really could do these. I could. Pull we off. gotta get your soundboard, <laughs> Phil. Soundboard, and I can pull that off. <laughs> Phil, we got
3: we got a list of things we gotta get, Phil. So, uh, but uh.
2: <laughs> yeah, January. I was going over my list of to dos in this month. Actually, this morning when I got your email, JC, and I was like, "Oh my God, get me to February." If I if I can get all this stuff done over the next three weeks, I don't I don't know if I can. We're gonna try. We'll try. Um, uh, I might have to well finish. with that
3: particular thing you got till next February. You got till February. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, but only
1: the uh, seventh. I gotta go back to South Carolina at some point. I, I
3: gotta go back to South Carolina at some point this month, too, because I'm behind on that. So I gotta start my schedule back. <laughs> where I'm. studio south for a few days. So um I'm gonna well, wait till my voice gets make, back before I get on so
4: My wife did uh wanted dead or alive yeah, to answer that since we haven't oh, been able to answer Dead, dead or alive. alive. Oh, you missed it, JB. Yeah, that, that's uh, one of our yeah. statements. Mm-hmm. you missed okay. the
3: karaoke palooza
2: yeah i did and i was actually not i wasn't very upset about it. matter of fact i had a chance the next night to go with phil and elected to go sit at the
4: hotel bar with whittle and gunter so uh that, that was a different <laughs> vibe that second night that was it was literally <laughs> just the three of that us first in an empty night was bar to ourselves and the bartender
2: which was fun <laughs> the video the video that morgan sent me the night from the night uh, what was that Thursday? It had to be Thursdays. I came in Friday, right? So, yeah, yeah. uh, he sent me this video of JC up there singing, and I responded. That's probably where
3: my voice is gone,
2: dude. There's a guy sitting going. five feet from him, and he wouldn't even turn around. Like, man, what a prick! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. <laughs> pre Madonna, man. I
3: was in crowd. the zone. <laughs> <laughs> no man that, that was a lot was a lot we had a lot of fun that night man and, uh <laughs> man so that guy's she just was carrying
2: singing. on <laughs> yeah mom things are good yeah this cat behind me is just singing whatever you're saying what
4: were you singing
3: piano man i think yeah, i think
4: piano. that was
3: piano man but, that was early
4: uh, in the evening too they weren't really feeling it at that point Do you understand no. my
3: friend jamie ray and uh, oh, i right. we we like Jamie got in, like people got in all day that day, right? So I sat at the bar at the hotel. Me and Jamie cracked open our first ice cold one about 10.30 a.m. <laughs> and then eight. And then, I mean, it was it was by the time that went down, everybody was three sheets to the wind. And some people were coming off eight-hour car rides, and you know how that goes you drink extra fast after an experience like that, <laughs> you know? So uh, it was just one of those things, but certainly was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. The karaoke palooza was fun.
2: It was. That was a great, mm-hmm. great wedding, great way to do it. But I know everybody's glad to have you back. Since then, uh, the Gamecocks have lost a portal commitment, which I think was pretty surprising to a lot of folks. They have gained three In the last couple of days, including, uh, you know, maybe another center, uh, another center. Um, Last night was a good night for Carolina on the recruiting trail out of the portal and uh, Montario Hardesty. uh, JC had been relieved of his duties and Carolina's in search of a new running backs coach. We're going to put the coaching aside for a minute. There's a lot to unpack in that. Matter of fact, when John Strickland was at South Carolina, Gamecocks made a change at the offensive line coaching position. His coach. Left while he was here. John will be joining us at one and uh and he'll talk about that from the player standpoint uh and, and how that does and doesn't affect guys. Things have changed in 20 years, of course. Um you can just up and leave if you want to now that you're a player, uh, if you're a player, but we'll get to all we'll get to that side of it too. Let's talk about uh what the game cocks have gained, JC in the portal, and we'll start uh, last first, yesterday, earliest last night. Uh, added a couple of players. Tell us about these guys and, um, and how important they'll be to the future of the program.
3: Yeah. So they got three new ones in Um, Torricelli Simpkins. For those of you that, you know, wanted an offensive lineman, you got one Uh, North Carolina central. He's originally from Charlotte. Um, I need, I want to check out uh, some strength numbers on him. I want to see How much does he bench? How much does he squat? What does he power clean? Because on film, he looks exceptionally strong and nimble and violent. What you want if you're an offensive lineman in the SEC. And keep in mind, some of these HBCU schools, I mean, this guy was the 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 offensive lineman of the year in the MEAC uh, on a gr- really good, for that level, offensive line. Uh, has good, what I call, punch with his hands. I mean, you can – Turn on his films on his Twitter account. So, I mean, these kids don't get a whole lot of, you'll get a whole lot of exposure at North Carolina Central. But I'll remind everybody, there's a boatload of NFL players that come out of, of that league, the MiAC, every single year and the SWAC um, that have long careers. Uh, I'm not projecting that about him because I don't know. I do know this. Um, he's big enough. He's got the size and the, and the arm length and things like that to play in this league. Uh, like I said, I don't see how strong he is. Uh, in other words, what kind of gains, if at all, does he need to make between now and August to really battle, to go to battle with the best defensive lines in the country? Mm-hmm. Um, cause he can dominate guys that are lesser than him. I saw that on film, but you know, that would be my question there. Uh, Lonnie Teasley's got a lot of familiarity with this guy having coached North Carolina central. Uh, he's a veteran. He's an older guy. Um, I like it, you know, and, and, you know, like Helm McGranahan really likes him and Hale pointed out on the site today. Well, you know, you need tackles. Well, yeah, but Hey, shoot, you know, you got, you know, two, three good ones coming in, depending on where you play Franks. If you can find a tackle, I'm sure they're not going to turn one down. Right. Uh, but this guy, if he can come in and play on the interior, you can, you can, you can get by with Vershawn Lee at tackle next year. If you have to, you know, you don't have to have him as your center. Um, and I don't know that that's thinking or not. This guy just may be a depth piece because they lost John Darius Morgan. You know, you, you never know. Uh, I like the name Torricelli Simpkins. That's mm-hmm. that's pretty pimp. Uh, Torricelli, that's a pretty pimp name.
2: It's Italian. Hey, was he, my understanding too, with this, uh, was scheduled to take some additional visits and canceled them? W- what other
3: interest
4: yeah. did he have?
3: Um, Texas AM. I think Houston, Texas A&M, uh, Colorado, Buffalo's prime, <laughs> you know. Uh, but, I mean, his relationship with Teasley. And, and, look, Lonnie Teasley, say what you want about the offensive line, how they played last year. I think the book is yet to be written on what kind of coach Lonnie is. But that dude gets just about everybody he goes after in recruiting, and you can't dispute that. Um, mm-hmm. and the, the previously existing relationship, the fact that this kid's from Charlotte and right up the road, um, I kind of you know, I like it, I like the pickup. Uh, he was the first welcome home, he committed pretty early, canceled his other visits. So, we'll see. You got to get enrolled as we found out with some bad news that we'll talk about here in a little bit. So, the next guy is an in state kid that went to Louisville that a lot of people over in the PD you know, couldn't understand why South Carolina didn't offer. Uh, he's from Dillon, Dillon high school, uh, Amari Huggins, Bruce, I uh, kind of fills in that Jaden McGowan spot. I think he's a better player than Jaden McGowan right now. As far as production goes, uh, is he a guy that, that maybe has the blind speed that McGowan does? No, uh, but he's three inches taller, two inches taller, three, probably if you really get right down to it. Um, is a guy that you can give the ball to on a reverse, kind of that slot guy, like Amari Brown. I think he can help this year. If, if he produces the 25 to 30 catch range, like he did at Louisville, I think that's a good thing. Uh, never count out in-state kids that come home. They tend to play above and beyond uh, when they're playing for the in-state school. Uh, it's just how South Carolina kids usually roll. Uh, some questions surrounding, I guess, from Louisville fans about his hands or whatever, some talk about his hands i I need to go look into that um a few times for Louisville didn't think necessarily that, that he was this uh a game breaker, but uh when you're trying to kind of fill needs and build depth and things like that, you don't always sign game breakers uh and that gets me to my next point Demetrius Knight linebacker from charlotte uh this guy was at Georgia Tech four years, didn't really do much played some special teams, but he's a converted quarterback. Uh came to kind of like Jordan Strong came to campus about 6'2, 190. Uh, goes to Charlotte this year, plays for Biff Pogie, uh, had 96 tackles and was a uh, first team all-conference linebacker for the 49ers, which you know that's a that's a still a good conference, the American. Uh and you 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 rack up a hundred tackles and your first team all conference, that's good. And you know, people are People, the critics, the critics out there obviously are like, we didn't do anything at Georgia Tech. Well, he wasn't ready to do anything at Georgia Tech. Um, That's, uh, that's one. And then two, especially when the change positions of their body changes to the tune of 57 pounds, that, um, that may take some time. You know, you may need to get comfortable and, and if you're not playing a whole lot in games, which he wasn't at Georgia Tech, outside of special teams, your chances of getting better are, are slim. You know, you're you not going to get your potential because you get better by playing. Mm-hmm. And he did. He played the whole year this year, 96 tackles, like I said. Um, and then on the miles per hour thing that they, they put on guys or whatever. Catapult. Uh, catapult, 21 mm-hmm. and a half miles an hour. That's Nick Imanuara's speed at 247 pounds. Wow. So I think if you're going to replace Pup and Stone, you want production and speed, right? Cause that's, 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 you know, you're, you're looking to replace the, the production they have, but you're also looking at the speed. And I also want to say this linebacker. There's a lot of questions about that spot in a lot of ways, other than players next year. Like, in other words, are they going to go more three, three? Are they going to play two linebackers? Right? You know, how, how is it going to, what, what kind of system, or, or a it's the same system most likely, but will the alignment be different? Uh, and, and then so, so with guys like this and the kid from Pitt Kamara who's visiting, you know, these aren't necessarily guys that you're going, God, we need a starter, Shoot, sure, oh, good. Because your starters basically are pro- Debo Williams was an all SEC linebacker last year, he's probably starting the way Bam Martin Scott finished last season, he's probably starting. Um, you got Jerron Willis there, Mokaba's back, we don't know. My guess is Moe's probably going to be a lot like Sherrod Green, where a starter if you need him, but most likely a backup. Uh, But what you don't want to have with these guys is, uh, you know, a, a situation where you have to depend on Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson. And then if you have an injury, you really got to depend on those two guys. They're freshmen, okay? You don't want to have to depend on your freshmen. The other part of linebacker is this. The more linebackers you got, usually the better your special teams are your reserve linebackers or the cores or your coverage teams, uh, things of that nature, linebackers, safeties, receivers, running backs. So you need more bodies. And so if I'm going to take somebody, uh, I'm going to take a guy that's 250, that had a hundred tackles. That was all conference last year that runs 21 and a half miles an hour, <laughs> even if he didn't do much at Georgia tech, because at the very least, he's going to be a backup and help my special teams. So, uh, so I like to take I like the kid Kamara they're in on for Pitt. Uh, he's from Akron, Ohio. This dude Pitt was a bad defense last year, but I know individually they are coaching guys up because it's Pat Narduzzi and he doesn't put up with anything else. Uh, this guy Kamara Akron, Ohio. So he's got that Midwest tough grit, steel city kind of deal with him. Uh, they got beat by Duke last game of the season. Season's over. He's running around eleven, twelve tackles. You know that kind of guy. You know, and so if you're going to lose Pup, and you need to replace him because you're not going to have – you don't want to have to rely on Wendell Gregory and Fred Johnson. So there you go. Uh, well, Jerron Willis is playing linebacker still, so that's the deal there. So, uh, And, yeah, he was at Tech for four years. I don't care, you know, because there's so many players who do squat at one place and they do a bunch. You know what matters is right now, Clint. It doesn't matter what the hell he did at Georgia Tech. Why would that even matter? You know they're taking him from Charlotte. He had 100 tackles last year. and Was an All-Conference player and runs 21 and a half miles an hour. And they're not counting on him to start. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the angst and consternation. Some of you would rather take a kid. There's a kid from Bama in the portal that's visiting this weekend. A D lineman that's played in five games. That was a in three years. That was a, a quote unquote five star. Right. People are more fired up about him than they are about a kid that had 100 tackles last year that was 21 and a half miles an hour that was an All Conference player. That's not how football works. I guess we're just going to have to go six more years of this, where you know you get a bunch of good players for the lower level before people start believing that you know the star ratings. Look how many five stars Georgia lost. You know their blue chip wow. ratio is going to be awful. No, probably not awful. It's probably still gonna be the same. But uh, you know, just just think think about this. Football's not it, football changes year to year to year. And that, that's been proven time and time again. And I, I don't I, I just don't understand the the angst and consternation over it. I'm not saying any of these guys are gonna be superstars, but I do think South Carolina, I would rather depend on a guy that's older, that has these kind of measurements, that has this kind of experience, that have made this many tackles, uh, than a true freshman. Next season, and, and most football coaches would as well.
2: Um, uh, we're, we're probably need to go to a break in just a second. Of course, we're gonna definitely want to get to the running back coaching situation and then the future, maybe potentially some other changes. But I do want to squeeze this quick question in with you here. Um, for, uh, for from the wide receiver side of things, with the addition of <clears throat> Amari Huggins Bruce, who is originally out of Dillon, and then, of course, the addition of uh, Jared Brown, who is from Lilburn, Georgia, but played at, at Coastal. Uh, how would you, and as Mike Morgan pointed out yesterday, you're, you're one of the best in the business at actually evaluating talent, have been doing it for over 20 years professionally. So I don't ask you this. I don't know the answer to the question. I'm not asking you as a friend. I'm asking you as a colleague. How would you honestly evaluate that that group of just two receivers. They might add one more, I guess, is my understanding of this. But the two that they're bringing in to replace, I think the five that they've lost. Look, Juice Wells can't just replace – hopefully you can't maybe one of these guys is Juice Wells. I don't know. But it's hard to envision that until you see it. So knowing what they've lost, Samson, Horton, you know, Omega, all those guys, Xavier Short, and then the two guys that they've added, what they've done collegiately, J.C., collectively, their production, the type of players they are. Uh, how would you evaluate the, that pair?
3: Right now, they're just not done. They're not done yet. They can't be done. I mean that that just you, you just can't. You can't come in the portal. In the portal, I don't think they're okay. not in. And the good news is, by the way, um, South Carolina does have uh, two receivers on campus. Uh, ones there now. Ones come this well, evening yeah. from Miami, Ohio, and Troy. Their lead, leading receivers, respectively, Gage Larvadane from Reserve, Louisiana. From down there where Coach O's from. Uh, and he's 5'10", 170, fast guy. And then Jar- Jabray Barber from Dothan, Alabama, was Troy's leading receiver this past year. Really, Both good players, really good players. So they get those two. I think you're closer. Um, would I like to see them add a guy that, like, if you got some of these smaller guys that can run? Because yeah. I always want speed over size. Yeah. I want speed over size, dude. I mean, I, I've seen too many lumbering receivers come through this school. To, to made me think mm-hmm. otherwise these guys that come in six one two fifteen that run four six no uh I'll give me the 510 180 guy that can fly um and so if they get these two or one of them they're better but right now you can't you can't just go with with brown and and, and Bruce or Huggins Bruce Huggins uh or Huggins however I
2: want to point out go. some real Real quick on the Larvadane uh, thing. This is a Miami of Ohio uh, Redhawks program, which, by the way, Rashad Amos was their leading rusher this year, over a yeah. thousand yards. So hats off to him. But that, that's a program that uh, that threw it uh, that, that that threw it about forty percent of the time less than they ran the football this year. I mean, they, they 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 toted the rock a bunch. They only threw like, I mean, they only completed like one hundred sixty-five passes on the season. I think they only – they attempted under 300 total. So, um, you you know, to have 42 catches, 700 yards, six touchdowns, with how much they actually threw the football, I just found that interesting uh, when you put those numbers up there next to each other.
3: Absolutely. I mean, he's – and he's a Louisiana kid. Sometimes those kids get overlooked. They were – he was a two-sport athlete at Southeast Louisiana. This would be his third school. um, Was Southland Conference freshman of the year at Southeast Louisiana. Um and a basketball kid. So, you know, you got a little Bruce Ellington thoughts whenever you get a 5'11 guy that's really good at basketball. Um, And, you know, this kid's called 138 passes for 1,931 yards and 13 touchdowns his entire career. That's a good career, no matter how you spin it. Um, You know, so I think, you know, and then you got Barber from Troy. We know Troy was really good and lost their coach to Mississippi State. Uh, you know, he had 25 catches for 351 and two before season-ending injury Uh, and then played every game as a true freshman at Troy. Uh, wait a minute. Maybe – maybe a, I, 2021, he, he played Barber at South – Yeah, he, yeah played,
2: he had three catches for 36 yards at South Carolina. When they he's came. probably – he's probably maybe the most pissed-off wide receiver in college football. Anybody know why? Because somebody somewhere – you couldn't get him one extra yard 75 matches yeah, uh, yeah, for 999.
3: I, I was, I was misreading
2: the stats there. Yeah, so no, he played all year what, this year. What, 75 what for almost a thousand. Caught it between the hash marks and went backwards. You know, like, come on, man. You know, yeah, somebody so, out so, there. You got to give him a thousand. So these two are awfully productive. So if you get these yeah.
3: two, you know, you got the production spread around. You still got to get Nick Harbor better. Tyshawn yeah. Russell, Elijah Caldwell, all those guys. Um, you kind of but right now i'd be i'd be a fool if I sat there and said oh yeah they're good with the two they got because they're not i mean they're just not so um and that that's just that's a that's a product of a lot of things some some recruiting misses some guys that left like juice you know and 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 all that so but um you know receivers should not be hard at this university it, it never has been now you you know are you always gonna freaking um Go out and uh, you know sign five star receivers like the team up the road did for a time. No, but for if you can if you can just get the top guys in state, not let them leave the state and add some pieces, you're going to have NFL players at receiver at this university. And so, um, I and with the portal, really, that's the one spot. There's a lot of dudes. So as we're finding out now, they get these two. I still don't think they need to be done. I still think they need to keep their eyes open for maybe a, a a portal guy that uh, comes in, you know, uh, comes in in the spring period, but this would be a pretty good, pretty good set of weapons. I think when you include the returners and, and um, Josh Simon coming back now, the Brady Hunt thing—I don't know how you get a guy like that. I think that's the biggest loss. I think if somebody wants to jump off a building, you know, go ahead and get in the elevator on that one because that's uh, that's just a type of guy. I don't. There's just not a lot of guys out there like him. Yeah. Uh, and it just happened. It just so happened. Mike Elko <laughs> hires this guy from Ball State, and you know, these things happen. It wasn't. It wasn't anything crazy but
2: uh something else we need to fix in college football they should be able to sign the paperwork forget the enrollment date once it's done it's done done. that's where you're going that's it because how many guys did they wipe off the board when this kid committed to south carolina okay we're good and then those guys go elsewhere and now you're it it is asinine that you can do that it is absolutely ridiculous you cannot do that in anything else in life it's bs uh without some type of repercussion for it and and it's it's you know I I I love to take the high roads I often do around here. Wish him nothing but the worst. Don't want to see him get hurt. Hope he never plays at AM. and uh, because you just you you don't do that. Sorry, dude. That's just the way it works. So yeah, I mean, uh, there's different ways. That's to why there's the business, right? Yeah, but, and that's, that's why, why there's I good think, drill out there with things like this.
3: Some people say, you know, some people talk about like you should have a, let them sign anytime they want. I, I'm almost for that. Just give them a contract say, here. You know, so, uh,
1: so we're getting we'll there, aren't we? Happen.
3: And look, uh, some, some people are talking, well, they can't attract receivers because they don't have a quarterback. That's not true. <laughs> yeah. That's not true. I mean, look, they they didn't get all these receivers lined up last year, I and mean, then Spencer freaking Rattler. So, I mean, I, I don't, and I don't think even if they'd have lost two swells last year that there were guys lining up. So, yeah. um, it's just been, it's been kind of a challenge there, but, uh, I do think that the good news about receivers, there's a lot of them, and you never know who's gonna be the guy. Uh, and so we'll see what happens. But um, and you know, who's gonna be the next Xavier Leggett? Nobody, I mean, we all knew we all said over the summer Xavier's had a good summer. He's gonna be good. Nobody don't think he expected that, did they? Yeah. I mean, you yeah, know, then plus you got Mazio Bennett and DeBron Gatling coming in as freshmen. Those two are a lot more ready than um, uh, the group last year, you know, now Kelton Henderson would have played this past year, but he was hurt. So like a broken record. Oh, he was hurt. Hurt. But was it's hurt. like, it's like, that. it's like Forrest Gump when he got on the bus, taken, 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 <laughs> hurt, hurt, <laughs> injured, hurt.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, my arm fell off. <laughs> yeah. Leprosy.
1: You know, just awful.
3: Well, somebody out there get offended because there was some of their family had leprosy. I'm going to get like killed. <laughs> Should never make fun of leprosy.
2: No, no, shouldn't make fun of leprosy. Well, you need to uh slide to a break here. Anybody know right.
3: anybody's ever had? Le- I mean, is it
2: no? But is didn't uh the sure. girl in Deuce Bigelow male gigolo didn't she have it when she kept falling asleep and they he finally tied her hair to the ceiling or whatever? When they're that's not dinner,
3: leprosy, remember? that's that's that's, uh, that's leprosy. narcolepsy. 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 That's leprosy that's is when your your hands fall.
2: Oh yeah, I'm getting the, the, the rotting
3: days. disease. It's biblical.
4: Ugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's a thing <laughs> in certain parts of the third world, yes, but not not necessarily so much here.
0: Yeah, still, you know. I just I just, I just the,
3: the, seller, the the quarterback situation not that much to do with any anything, you know. I just uh but guess what? I think I think Brad Crawford may have come out with his uh SEC quarterback way too early SEC quarterback rankings. I wonder if uh I wonder, I bet mean, Sellers is like 13th, 15th.
2: Well, good news. Yeah, I'll go right. ahead. Yeah. Go Brad. ahead and do
3: that, y'all. But yeah. I know Brad. I mean, I'm not, just, I'm not picking on Brad. I, th- I actually don't think it was Brad. I think it was Saturday down south. Had their top ten. Sellers not even close.
2: Well, that's all right. If it was Brad, we can ask him about it because he'll be with us for a full hour next Tuesday, kind of uh, the day after the national championship, kind of uh, recapping the, entire season let's let's slide to a break because we need to hit one um we'll get into the coaching stuff and we got john strickland ahead uh as well and a whole lot more it's a beautiful friday glad to have jc back and glad that all of you are with us here on inside the game cox the show built by the barn
0: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
6: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today.
5: Touchdown, Set up the screen and it goes to Brewer.
6: 20, 15, 10, 5. To Brewer, turns to Carter, hey, three at the hey folks, it's Mike Morgan for Ryan Brewer That's right, you know the former Gamecock legend as a terrific college football player. Well, I know him as that too. I also know him as the guy that runs a great business, one of the best businesses in South Carolina. How do I know that? Well, for one, I'm actually a client of Ryan's. I had my home in Columbia done years ago, and his crew did an outstanding job just as he does for everybody else. Whether you're in the market for a fence, railings, columns, or anything in between, their craftsmanship, their experience, and service, second to none. Ryan Brewer, Fence has over 15 years of experience with consultation and installation of residential and commercial fencing and railings. Rest assured, your job will be done with an unparalleled level of expertise, and it's done on time, and they do it right the first time. Again, you're not going to do any better than Ryan Brewer, Ryan Brewer Fence. The website is ryanbrewer.net. Set up an appointment today. Tell them Mike sent you.
5: My company is Billy G's Carolina Barbecue. We are based in Columbia, South Carolina. And we have two lines of sauces and a spice rub. I mean, when people try our product, they know it's a gourmet product and it can go on any type of food. It's not surprisingly delicious. It's expectedly delicious.
0: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
6: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your personal price plan today. It's
2: 2024. And it's time to get in shape. Charleston Fitness Equipment can help you do just that in Mount Pleasant. The Wilkins family, big Gamecock fans, and proud supporters of Carolina Rise and our programming on the Chief Sports Network. But most importantly, proud supporters of you getting healthy and staying healthy. From CharlestonFitnessEquipment.com. Find them on the Chief Sports app and in Mount Pleasant. Happy New Year. <laughs>
6: which is every time, 803-543-6297, 803-543-6297.
2: Rescues and Resin, proud supporters of Carolina Rise. They are also proud partners of the show. They make products you can't get anywhere else. Custom-designed wood and resin products that make your tailgate, make your home, or make anything stand out. Order a custom cutting board, coasters, wall art, tables, and more. Contact Dustin and Tabitha at rescuesandresin.com today. rescuesandresin.com and put your imagination to work. Rescues and Resin, proud partners of Inside the
1: Gamecocks, the show.
2: Raise your uh, y'all's 80s cover band songs and go back to old Jackie Wilson any day of the week. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, uh, the show built by the Barn Co. I want to remind you all that we're so thankful for our friends at Gamecock Traditions, uh, those that, okay, you might be going to the game tomorrow and you're going, oh, son of a nutcracker. I don't have what I need to have. Well, I don't know what you need to have. Maybe if you just want a new Carolina basketball shirt. Maybe you want to take a basketball and get old Meachie to sign it after he hits nine three-pointers. Whatever it may be, Gamecock Traditions, you can find them up there at the Village at Sand Hill. You certainly know where they are in Lexington. You can order online. Now, I will, I will give you – this is just a, just, just a hunch. They're not Amazon. So if you order online today, I doubt you're going to get it at your doorstep by tomorrow before you take off at 11 in the morning to go watch and play basketball. Maybe you will. I don't know. Scott and those guys are pretty magical at what they do. Uh, but you can certainly go by the store if you're in the Midlands, if you live anywhere else, and uh, you need to order online. That's that's where I get all my stuff. Can't can't thank them enough for what they do. I've got a whole closet full of stuff from Gamecock Traditions, and they literally have everything under the sun. I mean, jewelry for your, ki- for your kids, real jewelry, tents, chairs, glasses, I mean, all the baking stuff, tailgating stuff, you name it, it's there in addition to the clothing and the sweet shoes and the the great service. And anybody, anybody know what's a little bit over a month away, right? It's time for Carolina. Oh, I've
4: been giving a reprieve on that. (laughs) Oh, you're talking about baseball. (laughs) Yeah. No, no. (laughs) What are you talking about? I thought you were talking about Valentine's Day. I was like, "Yeah, man, man. we can go down there oh, and get all kinds of good stuff down there for Valentine's."
2: Oh, well, luckily, my wife could care less about Valentine's Day, so uh, we 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 look forward to. You know, a couple of years ago, I gave her a. She she Carrie doesn't do a lot of um. She did not do a lot of social media as I don't. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't really do any outside of t- uh, Twitter for for the show. Right, I've got a Facebook account. Don't use it. Haven't used it in five, four or five years, and I've got a Insta, uh, what's it called, Instagram account, and, and don't use it. Um, but a, a couple of years ago, uh, it, Valentine's Day fell on the same day as opening day, and um, I had somebody send me a screenshot of Carrie's uh, Insta, Insta Instagram account, and um. It said most. I get it. Most of you are celebrating Valentine's Day, and and had our kids. The Smokes, Justin and his wife Kristen, had given us give, given us these little Carolina baseball out, out outfits that they got from Gamecock Tradition. As a matter of fact, and our kids were dressed to go to school in their Gamecock baseball stuff because it was opening day. <laughs> uh, and so Carrie had put that picture out there and said, most of you celebrate Valentine's Day today. We're we celebrate opening day. In our household and uh, that meant a lot to me because Gamecock baseball is you know in the blood so um Carrie, well done wherever you are one floor below me if you're listening there, there you go there's your daily shout out and uh my kids are counting down the day for opening day we'll get up there and watch Carolina play baseball can't wait for that. but you can get all that up there too
3: Stone Blanton, Mississippi State
2: oh you're kidding me
1: oh, no wow. wait a second that is breaking
2: really? news and the sun came out No. You know, one of my I, I miss wow. about Stone
3: and Pup is like South Carolina's top four linebackers next year could have been Debo, Bam, Stone, and Pup.
2: Yeah, it would have been fantastic. It's like
3: a, That's a great
4: name the, crew right there. Like a, like yeah. A
3: disco band from the 70s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is Stone and Debo along with Pup and Bam.
4: That's 80% right of the village people.
2: So he's no, gonna no, Stone's no, gonna no. be playing there with old Daniel Hill, who's uh, done screwed around enough months to find him pl- himself in Mississippi a- State over the two places he wanted to go. That a boy?
3: Actually, Jamie, it does look like Alabama's gonna take him.
2: <laughs> oh, they are gonna right?
3: take him, according to the latest crystal ball from Wilt Fong and our Mississippi
2: State. And then, and to, State, in, and then yeah. next year, he'll transfer to Mississippi State. So what you're saying? If he's gonna,
3: yeah, I, by, by I was told by by contacts at South Carolina. I try to use the word sources. Everybody that were contact. I used the word contact. A contact of mine said the whole time Bounds wanted him at linebacker. And they have just been kind of toying with him and <laughs> stuff. So, hey, he's probably a pretty good linebacker, I would guess. He's a very physical running back. But if he wanted to tote the rock, it was Carolina or Mississippi State. So, uh, oh, well, good for him. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, Florida finished second for Pup, and Mississippi State finished second for Stone. Anybody know where Tanner Bailey ended up? Yeah, I haven't heard. I always thought that dude, and now that Jeff Levy's there, that dude should go to Mississippi State. I mean, he's from Gordo, which is near Starkville anyway. His brother goes there. He was the perfect quarterback for Mike Leach. Don't know why he never wanted to go to Mississippi State. Committed to Oregon and then back to uh, South Carolina, but uh, that would be another one to watch out for for the Bulldogs, but uh, I would think. But, yeah, yeah, John, Daniel Hill hadn't been coming to South Carolina for a month. Um, he's probably probably going to Bama play linebacker. So we'll see what, uh, see what happens there. That got his way. Auburn as a student, Tanner Bailey going to Auburn as a student, quitting football. Yeah. Oh, really? I missed that.
5: Wow. Well, that
3: explains a lot as to why he didn't stick around. He didn't really look like he uh, loved football. A- that couple snaps he took in the Furman game, but not <laughs> trying to knock the kid. Oh, well, some guys well, – hey, look, that happens to some guys. They straight up don't want any anymore. It's just like, ah, just, just screw this.
2: I understand that. I didn't mm. get hit
3: like this in Gordo. <laughs> I'm not going to get hit like this anymore. My quality of life is uh... – and, hey, and somebody said he's going to go party. Man, I bet. I bet he can mm. go party. Oh, Quinshaw Judkins, by the way, everybody that's loving on Lane Kiffin, he lost his stud
2: running back to the point. Oh, yeah, we we talked about this yesterday the <laughs> no. Lane.
3: I think he's uh, going to Auburn too. So man, don't I'll mess with I would never recruit a good nowadays. Like like back in the day, Spurrier did pretty good getting Captain Monerland and Darian Stewart out of Alabama. I wouldn't touch those guys now. Cause if they're good, you got dead weight on your roster. If they are good, they're going back home. I mean, mm. that state, I mean, they're going back home. I mean, and it took an extra year to get Judkins back, but I'm sh- I was shocked it didn't go last year. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, that's a in that state, man. The good ones just don't they just don't leave, and it is either Roll Tide or War Eagle.
2: Well, I mean, look you can make that you can make you can really make that argument now for th- this state. I mean, the large majority of the good ones don't leave. They they play here. They play at Clemson. Um, Gamecocks obviously have been cleaning up the last couple of years. Tigers have a couple, a couple of good chances next year, but I mean, generally, I mean, JC, this all kind of shut itself down. Oh, you know, about 20 years ago, I guess. Um, you yeah. know, uh, or, or a little bit more than that. When, when Lou got to South Carolina, he started to put the clamps down and then coach Spurrier really, really did a lot of that too. And, and Clemson, are year- Back in the 90s, you know, you remember Florida State coming in here and getting players. Tennessee came in here and got players. Yeah, that, that mean, kind of bloodletting
3: doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, that doesn't like happen a, no, it doesn't happen. No, it's – now, there are – and then there's some periods, you know, like like right now, South Carolina, had Muschamp not been on the hot seat and even really had the pandemic not happened, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins, I think they would have gotten, and I think they would have gotten Justice Boone too. But as it stood, there's all the hot seat talk, everything shut down because of the pandemic, so There were no visits, no in-person. The former staff's hands were basically tied. You know, you can only do so much on the phone and they go to Florida and Georgia respectively. And then that that happens from time to time, but you know, just like this kid from Dylan, you know, he, they got him back. I, I think, any player from South Carolina that gets in the portal, you have a chance to get back. I mean, it, it's just it, it's just Judkins is a record-setting All-SEC running <laughs> back.
2: Well, and, and, and if you're old
3: Miss, you just have to be – your blood's got to be boiling.
2: Well, because, and that's true, but, like, it's – we had this conversation yesterday with Mike forever. This is college football, as we know it. Like, you can't – the kids who transfer out of your program now aside from what we just talked about a minute ago, you commit out of the portal, and then a week later you're like, you know what, I think I'm going to decommit and then commit somewhere. Like, these kids who show up and le- you 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 can't – I, I remember when I first started coaching baseball back in when I, I was still in school. I was it's, uh, at South Carolina training going into my junior year at South Carolina. And I was coaching with a phenomenal program. Uh, and, I, and I remember one of the guys I was coaching with, he told me, he said, DTA, just remember that as a coach DTA. And I said, what the hell is DTA? He said, don't trust anyone. And, and it carries forward to where we are now. You don't, I, I don't care if it's Lenore Sellers or Peyton Manning or Walter Payton or Emmett Smith. It doesn't matter who you've got on your team. It does not matter how good they are. And it doesn't matter if how much you think they love it there. There is too much opportunity now, and it is too easy to take those opportunities you have to recruit over everybody, and you have to expect the worst in everything. And when whenever we talk to Shane, we'll get Shane. will be we'll get Shane on here so, soon once they get through all this stuff and have some conversations with him. That's going to be a lot of the conversation. Is how on planet Earth do you not look down every time your phone vibrates in your pocket and think what bad is happening right now? No matter how
3: great the world is,
2: like one of my, you can't ignore it. You can't get away from it, JC. You know. One of my favorite movies is this
3: off the beaten path movie by Catherine Bigelow and uh, James Cameron actually wrote it when they were married called strange days with Ray Fines and Angela Bassett and Tom Sizemore Tom Sizemore is a great line. It, it's about the year 2k kind of a futuristic weird Juliet Lewis is in it too. Michael freaking Wincott, Michael Wincott, man, I'm Michael Wincott. Anyway, <laughs> um, hope anybody knows who that is. But anyway, it's a great line that it. Tom Sizemore says he's like, the question is not if you're paranoid Lenny, it's if you're paranoid enough. And at the time, it was kind of this apocalyptic year two K thing, whatever. It was filmed in ninety five, but dude, that's if you're a college coach and they're a paranoid bunch as it is. I mean, they're paranoid. Football coaches are paranoid by, even all, all sports really. You got to be paranoid. I you couldn't freaking pay me, you couldn't pay me. Logan Diggs is in the portal. Yeah, I just I Logan just uh... – <laughs> Thanks, Keith. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
2: it, wow. If well, you're Carolina, crazy. do
3: you take a shot there? I mean, do you?
2: I, I wouldn't.
3: I don't know, man. Last you got to figure I'm this like, is his
4: third year. He's probably looking to move on after this, but I, guess. He's I don't
3: for, know, man. I mean, I may take yeah, he's a, a shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that NIL cash didn't come through at LSU. I mean, everybody told him LSU's loaded at running back, and he got some carries this year. But still, I'd probably take him. But, no, yeah. you're right, dude. I, mean, I, I I doubt he's looking at Carolina. I mean, where, Ole Miss, Ole Miss, they, they're probably, probably. going to replace Judkins with Diggs. Yeah. With yeah, that's probably what's going on there. But, man, <laughs> I just, yeah, it's a paranoid thing. And All right, so when when Pup Howard left, I started thinking about this because I've kind of been like the Iraqi minister of information to a certain extent and told people to remain calm and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, when Pop Howard left, and Hale broke it down, there's a video, he broke it down on the show earlier this week, and I I pulled the video, and it's up on uh, the Big Spur 24-7 and also on our YouTube page. He explained behind the scenes how it was back and forth for a while because he wanted to play more, right, and how it was touch and go. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, so you have a kid like that who was your Pied Piper recruit, and what that is is that's the guy that recruited everybody else in the class. High-piper recruit enrolls early, sees some playing time. Obviously, isn't ready to go in there. And beat the still played quite a bit. Whose commitment level to your program after one calendar year is that flimsy? Mm-hmm. And so my so I, and it hit me. It hit me. I was like, whoa, well, wait a minute. Because these fans get behind these guys, right? So my my advice with everybody out to everybody out there be don't get attached to players anymore.
2: No, don't do it.
3: College, college football is more about the name on the front of the jersey anyway. You pull for South Carolina because it's your school, it's your state, it's the program you grew up pulling for. Yes, there's heroes and Hall of Famers, but you know nobody's really deserving of that until all said and done. So I, I would just – just don't get attached to players. Just assume that this is this year's team, they're here for this year. You know, then you never know the next year. you got to maybe take a, a mindset more like a pro fan where you got free agency <laughs> things like that yeah, unfortunately in college it's year to year but it's absolutely going to be like that so don't get attached I just don't
2: yeah you can't you can't fall in love don't don't, don't, it,
3: don't go and hey look I, I'm an NIL guy I want people to buy a player jerseys but you know one thing one thing I', I will tell people don't buy the jerseys yeah. you know buy, buy buy your dad's number. Buy your number Schubert and put Schubert on the back.
4: That's right. <laughs> you
3: know, personalize it. Um, you know, and, and that, that I don't I don't want any players out there to get mad at me because if if you know, I want them to make money and and profit off of things, but if there's going to be this little loyalty, you know, why would you why would you invest in a jersey? You know, sure. why would you yeah. uh, invest in a because you know, it's all no about the you know, college football thrives. And all these people that want to pay players, you know, you, you want to take the top one thousand recruits. And I was in recruiting, so I know what that's about. Because when you rank them, four hundred of them can't play dead in a movie, right? So you're batting six hundred, so six hundred of the four hundred of that thousand are going to be bad compared to the next thousand. You take the next thousand, the guys that maybe play group of five, one double A, whatever, and then those guys go play college football. Guess what? That minor league. Is going to have garbage ratings. They're going to play at high school stadiums in front of 15,000 people. Nobody's going to give a flip, right? Maybe if the minor league teams are affiliated with pro football teams, your pro fans kind of get into it. But nobody's going to watch that compared to college football. Guess how many people are still showing up to Ohio State, Michigan, Tennessee, Alabama, South Carolina, 80, 90,000. Guess what the ratings are still going to be? Hey, because guess what? It's about the name on the front of the jersey in college. Much, much more. Than, than some pro sports. Uh, I'd say that. I'd say some pro sports. It's not, you know, you, you do have fans in the NFL of, of a certain team, but it's it's very much so a mercenary kind of situation, you know. So so all, the, all these people that want to say, oh, the elite need to go get paid. You want to go get paid? Fine. You want to break it off? Fine. But college sports popularity and the branding that these players get and they benefit – the NIL thing, you know, you know, you know, they won't have name, true name, image, and likeness value without playing for a major university, because right. nobody cares. Even Tulane, as good as they were, nobody outside of New Orleans gives a fiddler's foo who's playing for Tulane. Mm-hmm. You know, Carolina's got a kid from Charlotte. Anybody know any big Charlotte 49ers football fan out there? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Now everybody knows. Yeah, you know, people knew who Juice Wells was. Why? Because South Carolina gave him the opportunity, unlike James Madison, as good as they are, to play in in, in, in and you know to play in front of nationally televised audience against Tennessee and light them up to light Clemson up. You know, Nate Atkins. You know, for example, what kind of opportunity did he have by coming to South Carolina? He's on the NFL roster now.
2: Yeah. You yep. know, I mean, yeah. and
3: that's that's what gets lost in this whole entire discussion is well, Xavier. The, I
2: mean Xavier Leggett. Uh, you know, I mean, this kid was. Yeah, I mean, look look at. What, yeah, players, you know, players. Everybody's, it, like, it, everybody's it. like
3: players, players, players. Pay, pay, pay. They're the ones that need to get paid, and they just completely ignore the value that the colleges themselves, because of these century-year-old brands. College football was around 150 years. Okay, that's a long time. That that branding is etched in the uh, the fabric of society in many places. Okay, it's not going away. So that so where where is the compensation on the players' part for that value? It's not. It's a, It's right now. It's just a one way street. So that that would be my recommendation there. And like I said, I'm all four players getting paid. I, I'm all for people supporting nil. Uh, I think South Carolina still needs to a lot of work to do in that department. But uh, that pup Howard thing, I was like wait a minute, there's a guy that was beloved by the fan base that that only gave it a year, and he's the hell out of Dodge, back to the school that he kind of openly trashed when he left.
2: And told everybody that you needed to go somewhere that you would die for. I mean, I I interviewed him uh, last year when he was uh, just getting to South Carolina with uh, me and Gunner did on 107.5, and uh, sure seemed like he was going to be around for a long time, but he's not, and back to your point, yeah, I, I don't fall in love with any any, any of them. And um, we'll have these conversations plenty over the next eight months until they get the games back on the field and we get to watch them actually play and hit and the whole nine yards. I yard. mean, respect
3: but. the performances and stuff, man. Great, great. Xavier really get all that. Just don't get attached. Yeah. Don't get attached. You, you, from here on out, you're not in a monogamous relationship with these players
5: well, you're you're
3: you're playing the field and, and you're, you're like my buddy Ryan who uh, he's dating whoever's next so that's how fans should that's how fans should see it date who's ever
2: whoever's next
4: if you can't the, be with the one you love love the one you're with
2: well that's a, you know that should be on a t-shirt right uh four guys that I'm aware of uh, just in keeping up with this uh, throughout the week uh, JC. Um, the young man, the defensive lineman from Alabama, Monkel Goodwine. Uh, wide receivers, Jabray Barber and Gage Leverdin, uh, as you mentioned earlier. And then that linebacker out of Pittsburgh, Bengali Kamara. Uh, all, I like that kid. All scheduled uh, to to be at South Carolina this weekend. Yeah. So, um, Just for a, the record,
3: WJM4-1, basketball's been to this point for years. It's worse. Baseball's always been somewhat transient, but – that's we can talk about baseball later. I don't think it's, I think it's different.
1: Well,
2: ba- baseball, when you only have eleven point seven scholarships. Yeah, con- conversation a little bit the way the Definitely. way that it is. I want to add this too from uh, Demetrius Knight, the uh, linebacker who is uh, committed to Carolina. Really neat nugget in his bio from Charlotte. Um, <laughs> if this is any indication, we'll all love this guy. He is the cousin of NFL Pro Bowler D'Angelo Hall. That's pretty cool, right? Yeah. He's also the cousin of R&B legends Gladys Knight and Aretha Franklin. There There you go. go. Next year's national anthem in South Carolina is going to be phenomenal.
3: Hey, you think Shane and and Tori and Gray talked to D'Angelo Hall about this guy?
2: Torian, Torian walked in, uh, yeah, with it, with that little hat that he wears, and uh, probably they were singing together. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although Ray is a wide receiver, who cares? That's pretty. That's pretty neat. All right, uh, we got to go uh, because when we return, John Strickland will be here to talk Gamecock football, and we'll get into the coaching situation as well. Montario Hardesty is gone. Who's next? That's up next on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barn Dough Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the Barndominiumco.com. That's TheBarnDominiumCo.com, The Barn Dough Company, Gamecock, owned
0: and operated. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities, They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Michael Campbell
2: arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres. Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. been a short work week as we all get back into the swing of things here in 2024 but we sure have been glad to spend it with you welcome back inside the game cox the show built by the barndo co and driven by our friends at love chevrolet new year new ride right love Chevy.com. john strickland former offensive lineman well he'll always be an offensive lineman but formerly played for the game cox uh joining us here on this gorgeous but chilly Uh, Friday afternoon to talk some ball Uh, there's a lot going on in the portal world uh, with coaches and players I guess the coaches are kind of in the portal themselves uh, so to speak Uh, JC of course is back and feeling better after getting married last week so we're we're once again uh, full it's a full band and uh, glad to have John here with us to wrap up the work week what's up brother
8: Not much I didn't uh I didn't know you could get sick after getting married Did that make you sick? The the flu?
3: The the flu went through the wedding party,
8: brother. And
3: like, I think I've traced it back. It's It's actually not
4: beginning, John. It's like a few years into that, and then
3: either I I don't want to blame my mom because my mom was sick, but I don't think she had the flu. I think she had a sinus infection, and I I don't know if it came off the plane. Uh, or what? But but I that got was it. My
4: thought until I found out that Whittle was sick too, I was like, "Oh, somebody that um, drove home.
8: Oh, Whittle was sick, so <laughs> I, I escaped it from... all. Hey, I had yeah. the flu about four weeks ago. Uh, oh, did so you? It was a. Uh, uh, I, I feel yeah. you.
3: My friend Jamie Ray went to the. He's the one that went to the doctor. <laughs> the only one of us went to the doctor, and uh and he tested influenza A. Was what it was. Yeah. So uh, he and he was out going everywhere new year's day on i mean it was it was bad but uh we still had a good time regardless man we it looked like we we had a few uh beverages and uh a lot of fun so that was it that's all yeah
2: great wedding great great way to do it now your third wedding whenever that is uh you know i don't know maybe now you're yeah, I'll oh, play, that's it. Baby. You're about to get in trouble.
3: If this doesn't work out, I'm gonna move to a log cabin. You may see me when you come up to Maggie Valley, some Absolutely. I'm gonna live in Maggie Valley and uh live off the land with the I've dog. Said that
2: a dog. thousand times. I'm a one and done guy with the marriage. That's, thing. that's, I've that's, it. Got my pride that's it. That's, for that's, me. If that's over. It, lonely.
3: Hell, by <laughs> then I'll be able to get me a robot woman.
2: Yeah, there you go. Well, I, I'm I'm telling you i'll buy a camper, and I'll be just fine in that thing. You know, I'll yeah, live all man, over. The place. No uh, more, I, I don't need no much.
3: Nah, but I got a good one. I, I don't. There's a. This one's the real one. So
2: that there's uh, an RV, Clark. <laughs> that there's an RV, Clark. Uh, John would need a an extra trailer to haul uh, all that bourbon behind him if he if he were to get an RV and travel the world. Uh, you, yeah, I know, right. So it's looking good back there. You got anything new? I guess you and I talked about a month ago about some of what you just picked up. Anything new?
8: Uh, I got some a uh, couple of Weller Antique 107 store picks this morning at 9 o'clock Ooh. from uh, Morganelli's. Yeah. All right. <clears> oh, <throat>
2: Morganelli's. Got they
4: got a lot her. of money over time. Yeah, yeah. There you Thank go. you.
2: Wonderful. Um, all right, uh, John, Gamecocks uh, relieved Montario hardesty of his duties Last week, um, so they are in the market for a new running back's coach. Jimmy Smith, certainly a name that has been mentioned. He's from Darlington, uh, South Carolina, and at uh, Arkansas currently. Uh, we'll see where that goes, but th- th- he's a kind of a – seems like a natural fit. We know he's a pretty good football coach. We know his relationship to Rocket Sanders. Jamil Smith is the strength coach, one of the strength coaches at South Carolina. A great relationship there. Um, that, that certainly would be pretty comfortable for all – uh, but um, be- before we get into all that, and and I I know your position coach left while you were playing for the Gamecocks, I think uh, under Coach Holtz. Um, let's go back and collectively the four of us here. Well, I'll let y'all do it. You, but evaluate this room mm-hmm. over the last mm-hmm. years. This is not intended to throw. I I know Mon- Monterey is a nice guy. You know, yeah, it- he is. This is not intended to throw stones at this dude. I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. He, you know. Um, But let's evaluate the room, 21 through 23, and and what we've seen these guys achieve here. And they've got some guys in the NFL. Um, But, um, you know, overall, it it certainly needs uh, some work, and they've been working to do that in the transfer portal. Well,
8: unfortunately, when you go uh, 5-7, and people are going to get let go and new people are going to come in. Um, I mean, it's just when I was playing the 03 season, you know, our offensive line, you know, uh, off that offensive line had a bunch of guys drafted, had a uh, third-round pick off that offensive line that 2003 year, and Coach Googe got uh, let go, even though we averaged, it was like 164 yards a game rushing 4.2 yards per carry and gave up 11 sacks the entire year. Wow. Um, He him and Mike McGee. M- McGee just didn't like Googe. So uh he forced really? Coach Holtz to let him go. Yeah.
2: I never yeah. knew that. That's wild.
8: Yeah. So uh, he forced Coach Holtz to teams. let him go. Yeah. Yeah. Now tell, is that, tell is, me, does that make sense to uh let a coach go that, that that's the offensive line's performance uh
2: no for that year? No. And is when he got he left Not the problem j- Just Uh, out of of curiosity here, when he was let go, he did go straight to the NFL, right? Didn't he go to the – Yeah, he he went
8: straight to the Giants. Okay. Okay. Yeah, straight to the Giants. Sure (laughs) did. It's incredible. Yeah, so – but, yeah, I had a new coach come in, and the newer coach, you know, his philosophies and teachings were different. So that's one thing, you know, when you get a new coach, uh, I mean – and you're used to having one coach, it's uh, it's tough. But here's the thing. We got so many new guys coming into that room that it's really not going to affect anything, and especially if you get a guy like uh, you know Jimmy Smith from Arkansas, which a month ago I already heard they were a package deal. So uh, you didn't hear that from me. But, we'll see. Uh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so for Rocket, you know, if that does happen, it's the same guy he's been coached by. And then all these other guys, most of them are transfers except for Brazel uh, and then the new signee uh, in Fuller. So, I mean, really, you know, it's it's not going to be a big deal for the running back room is what I'm saying as much as it was, I think, for a lot of us offensive linemen when we played, most of us were older guys and had the same coach for years. I forgot who took over for uh, – Steve Shankweiler.
2: Oh,
3: yeah,
2: Shank and then Shank. Who ended up up being
3: Skip Holtz's guy for a few years.
8: Yeah. Yeah, Skip, uh, he was with Skip at ECU and with Skip at South Florida. And I think Coach Shank right now is in some position, maybe analyst or something within the ECU program right now. Or was. I don't know what the new coach there is doing, but he was.
2: Wow! Yeah, it was after Shank. Was it John? Was John Hunt? Did he come in? Yeah,
8: Spurrier Spur- Spur- brought Spur- Hunt Br- in.
2: Br- Okay, that's what yeah. I thought. Okay, and then and then he ended up firing him, right? After three years. Yeah, after three I years. I mean,
8: un- un- unfortunately for Hunt, he I mean, he probably deserved it because that that oh. whole line, the Spurrier's first few years, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as great as you would hope it be.
2: Mm, no. figure out yeah. who to start yeah. yeah yeah there were some issues so. uh so what have we what have we watched the last couple of years in, in your opinion john i know obviously you've been on the show countless times and we've talked about the, you know a lot of this stuff but but now <laughs> that the dust has settled there's a there new coach is coming in and, and a bunch of new players are coming in um you know, collected. We've seen talent. I mean, Kevin Harris. Uh, Marshawn is declared for the draft. We'll see what happens with him. Uh, obviously, as a Quandre White, I I thoroughly loved watching him play football here. He, he man, he ran. He, he reminded me a lot of Corey, just how he played. Yeah. Um. You know, and things like that. Uh, this year, not as much talent back there. I think we could all agree on that. But, but how would you evaluate that room in conjunction with some of the issues they've had at O line? Uh, some of the issues they had at recruiting. And, and things like that over the last few years. The, the whole package, how, how would you evaluate it and, and to where we've gotten? uh
8: So basically with that running back room, obviously this past year it was thin, and I will give Monterio this. Uh, I thought he developed uh, uh, Mario pretty good throughout the the, the year. I, I really did. So uh, that's what I'm saying. There's no, no knock on Mario here. Just this is the nature of the beast when it comes to this uh now the guys we got coming in uh with with, you know brazzled in our long guy and you know juju's my boy okay but i don't even put juju as a running back he's more of like that swiss army knife you know throw him in the slot get him on jet sweeps you know stuff like that so uh he's kind of a hybrid but uh you look at the guys we brought in uh i'm i don't know about y'all but i'm i'm super excited i mean i'm really excited and just hearing what nation Goddard had to say about the running back from SC State. I what mean, did he, he say about him? He said, this kid is the real deal. He said he is going to come in and he will make an impact immediately in the running back room. Wow. He's just a big kid, great vision, great feet, side to side, and then he's got he's got speed on the top end.
2: And big old tree trunks for legs. Nashawn yes. is a nation is going to be coaching a long time. I think we can agree on that. <clears throat> yeah, Na- Na- yeah. Nashawn, he's good. He knows what he's talking about. Anybody wondering who that is former offensive lineman at South Carolina. You and nation of course, have known each other for years. Um, I had no idea he had even uh, said anything like that. So it, th- this, like, how much, John, in your mind? And and we'll let JC over the coming days as he gets information. Tony, those guys at TBS, they'll they'll publicly be able to drift some stuff out there as it becomes known. I know Shane is working undercover behind the scenes and things will get done probably pretty quick. Um but um you got a you got a brand new quarterback next year. And uh boy, you need that room to perform, John, and you and you need those offensive linemen most importantly to perform. So evaluate that. Well
8: obviously we need to get a quarterback sooner than later. I know there's a few things in the work. We'll see. Uh, I mean, what is as, as it stands, we have two scholarship quarterbacks on the football team. Uh, that that That's a recipe for disaster right there. Um, so got to get that tightened up, but I think obviously we're all excited to see what sellers can do uh, this spring. Uh, the kid has a ton of upside, uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And the O-line, man, <clears throat> I, I'm excited. Uh, I think some of these younger guys – have that year to develop I wish uh, Markey Anderson had had that year and not got injured uh, but I, I'm super excited uh, I really think you'll probably see uh Lee or, or Marquis at that center spot that's I think that's what you're gonna see there and uh, this uh from uh, from what Preston Thorne told me I haven't talked to Ced- Cedric Williams about it but from what said, told him uh, about uh, the kid we just signed from North Carolina Central. Yes, said said the guy is a day one starter at South Carolina. Really, he's a day one starter. He said there's a reason he was an All American here. Uh, he said the the guy is the real deal. And said said played offensive line with me. Said's been a GA and coaching offensive line since he finished his career at South Carolina. So, Sed knows offensive linemen, and Sed yeah. says this guy is a day-one starter. There's few people I'll, I respect more than Cedric Williams.
2: Let me fill yeah. the gaps in there, too, for, for our audience, because uh, this is something that we did not uh, mention earlier, and and that's a failure on my part, so I apologize to everybody. Cedric Williams, <clears throat> as John just mentioned, former unbelievable offensive lineman for the Gamecocks uh, is the is an assistant coach. He is the offensive line coach at North Carolina Central, and he's the run game coordinator up there as well. To try yeah. to try all this to get Preston, of course, with 107.5 the game. I'll, clearly, all you guys play together, so I want to make sure that everybody's clear. Yeah, as you mentioned, these dudes. Why it's important that, that their opinion it, it matters uh, for the for this young man. His name keeps escaping me. Torricelli Simpkins six toricelli Yeah, Tor- Torricelli.
8: I, I like that name, Torricelli. Mm-hmm. You would think I he was too- Italian or something.
2: I, I, know. <laughs> <It's easy. laughs> I bet he can yeah. eat some Italian at six oh, five three twenty. You know, <laughs> what, what? Yeah, what are we gonna? What are we gonna call him? Come on, JC, you got the pin. You got you got a you got a you got a whole audience at the big bigs. For, you got to give him a nickname, right? What are we calling him? Torch. 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 Tor. Yeah, I don't call right. him
3: Don Corleone. All right. There you go. Sounds
2: like that. Sounds like that. Yeah, Cedric, Cedric, and obviously Cedric. So let's connect some more dots here, then, because you you, you've got uh, Cedric and Lonnie know each other well. Lonnie's Lonnie Teasley. Uh, You know these guys are making. Yeah, I, I would love to have. It always means a lot more to me to know when there are transfers, and you and you you see that there's – and we're seeing seeing a lot of this, John, now, right, in the transfer portal because coaches do know coaches and everybody kind of knows everybody. But when there are legitimate relationships, clearly Cedric and Shane have crossed paths before. um, And and so everything kind of intertwines. So I just feel like not trying to beef anything up here uh, and, and pepper it all up and make it sound good or put the lipstick on the pig or anything like that. I'm not trying to say all that. But when you have guys who you trust, especially when you're recruiting kids, the the guys that I've always known, more so on the baseball side, but certainly on the football side as well, it's not one of those things, John, where, okay, John, you're the OL coach at South Carolina, and I'm a defensive line coach at Georgia, and you call me about a guy who's in the portal, and I'm not just going, John, you know, yeah, he's tremendous when he really just isn't that good. I'll tell you. Right. Like there is a truth aspect in all of this because you can yeah. burn a fellow coach, even if you're friends that they, you lose that trust. It ain't good for a multitude of reasons. If you called me and I said, John, I, look, I really like him. He can't play at this level and I know he can't play there. That's my opinion. So at least you get an, an honest opinion about it. it. Sounds like these all these honest opinions that are rolling around about this young man are exciting, to be quite frank.
8: Yeah, I mean, and I'll just tell you this. I just know this from all the coaching friends I have. All these coaches are pretty straightforward with each other. Uh, most of them get along really well. Uh, you'll have a few that really don't like each other and they won't talk. But, uh, you know, I'm sure uh, I, I got probably with Kirby and Shane. Uh, I bet when Xavier McLeod, I guarantee you Kirby called Shane to get the whole rundown. And I'm sure Shane laid it out there. And sure then, did. you know, Kurt, Kirby was left to. Uh, you know, deal his cards and do what he had to do. But uh, yeah, whenever you got a guy like Cedric, though, that was a GA here when Shane was an assistant. You know, you know him, and you know, said was just straight up with him uh, about the kid. And uh, and like I said, everything I heard, the kids, a, the kids, a player. I mean, you don't. I don't care what league you're in, Division two, II, Division three. If you're an All American, okay. You, you can play
2: football, so yeah. There's no there's there's no doubt about that. Cedric, of course, uh, went to James Island with Langston. Boy, this yep. cats! Man, I remember them playing at James Island. Can you imagine that those two cats on the same, on, you know, on the line of scrimmage at James Island it was crazy. Um, yep. <clears throat> so this offensive, this, this kind of staying in that lane here. And I know you got you got a well now you got a haircut you're not trimming the beard at two o'clock right?
8: Uh, I think I am. Um, it's getting a
2: little out of control. You're just gonna make you're just cleaning it up. It's not coming off though. No, it's not coming off. Okay. I look All like
8: right. a uh, schoolboy if I take it
0: off. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, uh, so many jokes, but uh, you know you never know. Your yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, um, all right, so let's stay let's stay in that lane with the offensive line. John, it's easy, and, and I understand why it's easy, for for anybody that watched – I don't want to just say fans. That's not fair to the fans. Anybody that watched the Game Cox play this year, fan or not, in almost every single game – well, in every game they played, it's very easy to, to say, oh, my God, they were terrible up front. I understand that they were hurt. I get that, uh, but um, – they have a bunch of freshmen coming in, and those guys are only going to be freshmen in the whole nine yards. It's very easy to say that and, and just think that group up there really just isn't that good. I don't personally believe that, though, John. I, I think that that group was a lot more talented than we give them credit for. And now that we've had, uh, what, what, six weeks, right, since the end of the season to kind of digest everything, you know offensive line inside and out, uh, assess what you saw, you know what's coming. Uh, the coaching that they're receiving, just the the entire thing up front for Gamecock football, because boy, again, they have got to play well next year. They don't have any choice; they have to for this team to succeed.
8: Yeah, eighty five yards rushing a game, and I think it was like a one point one average per carry is not going to win you very many games, and it's definitely not going to do your quarterback any favors. So let's just remember what Spencer did this year is pretty. Pretty damn impressive. Um, yeah, there, there's a ton of offense. There's a there's really good talent, okay, on, on these guys we have in the room and the guys we're bringing in. But, you know, like I stated, uh, you know, a month and a half ago on here, it's just – it's harder for offensive line other than quarterbacks, the toughest position to come straight in and play from high school. It just – it is what it is. Most of those guys on the D-line you're going against have two to four years more experience in a college weight and training program than that high school kid does. That's part of it. And then, you know, you're just – those guys are going to have brain lapses like we saw with missed assignments uh, throughout games. I mean, it it just happens just because they haven't been in the system, you know, like tree he didn't get there until the summer so all he had was uh fall camp to go through that was it that was it he had four weeks to learn the entire playbook and remember everything and he was starting the third game of the year against georgia at georgia okay so you just got to think about stuff like that um we definitely i we we need to sign one more offensive lineman i don't i don't know what jc's hearing on the uh reuben guy from houston but uh you know, I've watched some of his film already as soon as I found out he was taking a visit. And, you know, he's not elite, but he is a solid, uh, he's a solid offensive tackle that I think could uh, help us out with depth. Um, you know, he doesn't have the greatest feet in the world, but man, he's a big, strong guy. You just go watch his film. He's just tossing, tossing guys, Texas Tech game. He was just tossing Texas Tech DNs around like they were ragdolls. So, uh, we, we definitely need to go get one more out the portal, which I know they're hard after th- this guy. And, uh, and then the young guys coming in, but all these guys are going to get better, bigger, and stronger. Winter workouts are about to start, baby. My, my most dreaded time of the year when I played. Um, mm-hmm. winter workouts are about to start, and these young kids are going to get a lot stronger, uh, a lot more athletic. Um, Throughout that time, and then they get a whole spring to figure this thing out.
3: John, between your f- true freshman and second year, I think you redshirted, or did you? Did you play yeah, as a true? Yeah, You No, I redshirted. How much stronger did you get from from Later. the end of your freshman year, true freshman year, till redshirt freshman? You, what, uh, kind of, what kind of kind of gain? As the as the weightlifters say, gains, bro, gains. Yeah, what I, kind I, of I, kind of gains?
8: Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example of it, JC. So I came in. Um, I was a good basketball player in high school. Well, I didn't play basketball in my senior year because I was just wanting to focus on nothing but football stuff, which I regret this day. Uh, but uh, I came in a little, probably around 300, 305, kind of some baby fat, you know. Um, I, ca- I did come in early, though. I came in the first semester of summer workouts just to start try to get ahead of everybody else. Uh but I wound up redshirting. Coaches made me lose weight. <clears throat> I got down to 276, 275 and then Pat Moore just built me back up. You know, put me on that weight program and my my squat, my cleans, my bench, I got bigger, faster, stronger, all of that within 1 year big gains compared to where, where I was in high school. It was a big difference. And I mean, honestly, I would say my dear, my second year, I was probably just as strong or close to it as I was by my senior year, just because I got that one full year calendar year mm. of that college training under my belt.
2: To, to elaborate on that, by the way, uh, the, uh, just throwing this mm-hmm. in there, the portal strikes again, Maryland quarterback Talia Tunga is in the portal. No, no <laughs> shock there. That's a, yeah. that's
3: ridiculous. That's, he, you man. know, he opted out. I'm glad they won because I felt bad yeah. for his team. He yeah. opted out. He's not his brother, anyway.
2: Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah he's not. <laughs> it, it, to to elaborate, I love where this conversation has gone to, John, because uh, it, again, <clears throat> I, I think it's important for our audience, which is very, very large, and we like to brag on that, and we should. Um. I think it's important to educate everybody, including myself. I'm learning a lot about all, all all of this. So, lay out a timeline for me for for offensive linemen, young young offensive linemen. Year one, Josiah Thompson, Cam Pringle. They're walking on campus uh, this week, and um, and then we know how big their names are there are going to be people out there who are like, you know, you cut it, cut it on, on August 31st and ODU walks in. Well, I thought that they were the best player in the country. I thought he was the best. Ta- <laughs> That's, You know what I mean? You know, we're going to hear it, yeah. right? Like we're going to see yeah. it. We're going to hear it because people don't know. So this is our opportunity to help educate them and maybe. Pre- so year one offensive lineman, JC, just asked you how strong you got. and there's the whole, What's important in the, in the winter workouts. And then you get into spring ball and then you get into summer and then you get into fall camp take us through that and how how a freshman rookie offensive lineman especially in this league uh develops himself in just eight short months.
8: Well, so I'll tell you this. So we got all three of our freshman offensive linemen coming in uh the, you know, next week. Well, they're here now. They're already on campus, but school starts next week. Uh they'll they'll get in the weight room, they'll get a good little lather to kind of get them going, you know, preparing them for February, first week in February to Start those all dreaded winter workouts. Uh, I don't know many people who loved them because they were terrible. But uh, uh, and they'll evaluate them. I mean, they'll they'll do. They'll sit down. They'll do nutrition with them. They'll take their weight. Uh, you know, this is what all the off the field staff get paid to do. Okay, so they'll go through a nutrition plan with them. You know, check out their weight, and they they'll test every single one of them so every single one of them are going to get tested um you know in different various you know maybe bench or you know whatever i'm not a big guy, bench guy i think it's uh, it doesn't matter a lot if you can play you can play all that doesn't matter but we won't get into that but they'll they'll go through with them they'll take their measurements all that stuff and then me- the the staff will make a plan on the direction to get them in the shape to play physically and mentally. Um, And then you'll go into winter workouts, and that whole two or three weeks of winter workouts is nothing but just a terrible grind. Uh, But it makes you uh, a a lot tougher young man. Um, So that's what they'll go through the first two months. And then you'll jump right into spring ball. And uh, I mean, basically, We'll see what you got against other college SEC players on the practice field, Uh, and then they'll kind of evaluate it from there. Um, Depth charts get made probably the third week in the springtime, even though a lot of coaches will tell you, "Well, we're not sure who's you know." Now they'll have a depth chart already, and then it could change come come fall camp, but they'll have a depth chart. And then you just got to go through the rest of the time, you know, knock your exams out, still working hard in the weight room, and then come back for summer workouts, which is really your time to shine to get in premier shape. Because once you get down to the season, you, you, you back off a little bit because you don't want to overwork the players during the season. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you'll just go into camp and see where your place is. I mean, I'll tell you this, if we can sign another guy like the the, the – Reuben, I can't remember his last name from from Houston, um, uh, and then with the North Carolina Central or uh, Italian guy coming in, yeah, um, so we'll see what he can do. Um, but I think I think Josiah Thompson. I think he just just from my observation. I've watched all their films. I always study all their films. I, I like watching it just to see what we got coming in. Uh, and then what I've seen from him this week at the All-American game, uh, I think he's a guy that can compete for a starting job immediately. But I say that with hesitance because, you know, where is where's, where's his mental? Where is his uh, body, his shape, what kind of shape he's in, uh, his strength and all that? So that falls back to what they're going to start doing next week with all these freshmen that are coming in. Um, so. I mean, I know I just talked a lot there, but that's that's no. kind of the process. As as which, when I played, you never came in in January. You, right. Most listen. Yeah. When I came in, I'll never forget my recruiting class in two thousand. I think there was about six of us that came in early during summer workouts. All the rest of the freshmen reported for camp. That's how it used to be. Like, it's August, different yeah. now. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's. it's crazy that i mean you you're expected to really you're really kind of expected to be there it's a shocker if you're not now if if you don't show up as an as an early enrollee um john we'll we'll let you run after this one i want to throw one more at you here um the national championship being played this week uh, between michigan and washington uh, if you really go back and look i did all this a couple of days jc wasn't with us he was sick but their, their recruiting rankings and their transfer portal rankings the things that everybody loves to live and die by really aren't that good uh, Washington's as a matter of fact are not good and um, but in Michigan's are better but not what Bama Georgia Texas these teams that have been Ohio State one two and three every year and all these recruiting rankings on your Michigan's been you know 13 to 20 portal rankings worse than that Washington's average portal rankings like 45 or 50 uh, same thing with their recruiting classes they're like 30. But when you watch them play, man, they just look developed and well-coached and they play good football and they play disciplined football. What what, what have you, when you watch those guys play on New Year's Day and then knowing that they're going to be competing against each other this week, what what do you see there, uh, especially compared to the two teams they knocked out, in Bama and Texas?
8: Yeah, well, I'll tell you this about recruiting, and I think JC would back me up on this, and I've heard Coaching buddies of mine say it. um, Listen, recruiting classes, one through top 20, there's not a whole lot of difference between them. There there really isn't. I mean, if you're in the top three or four, you do have a few more, like, upper echelon guys that the other teams didn't get. But once you take off those two or three guys, everybody below that top two, three, or four – you know, four through 20, the rankings really don't matter. It really doesn't because uh, most of those guys, they have, you know, all these guys mixed in that rank this and that. But there's also that uh, – th- there's that three-star out there that probably really should have been a four-star or five-star. You know, there's all this stuff going on. So, yeah, uh, that's why I don't yeah. get caught up too much in the recruiting rankings uh, because uh, once, once you get in, in that area – Now, if you dip below the top 25, I think it does start to matter, uh, which Washington, I don't think they're ever in the top 25 in recruiting hardly. Not really. Um, But here's what they did, though. They landed that quarterback from the portal, and that is what has made the difference in that team. Uh, But it is a team game, so the other guys have stepped up as well. But uh, they they definitely got a gem uh, when signing that guy out the portal. But, yeah, I just – Alabama was so weird in that football game. Um, Obviously, they have five stars all over the field. Michigan's got a, you know, three or whatever. And, you know, everybody always wants to talk about that. I'll be honest with you. They just looked uh, better coached than uh, what what Alabama players did, unfortunately, for uh, Bama.
2: I don't disagree with that and I know they're older both of those programs are are substantially older I don't think they've i don't think Michigan's had a ton of transfers now I don't know if that means they've got well I, we all know they've got plenty of money up there um, yeah. maybe that you know nil deals or whatever they've they can you know JC, right? They can they can solve that problem before it becomes one. I guess potentially. I don't know, but
3: Michigan, yeah. Now yeah. I mean, Michigan just develops. I mean, they, they got just strength program. They look I mean,
2: when, like when I watch them tackle. <clears throat> there's a, I mean, that like the, every everybody that tackles they're not just throwing shoulders out there, John. They're tackling. Yeah. yeah, this you is know? not,
3: and this Michigan team, unlike the last two, they're faster they're faster laterally on defense. They've got better, I mean, their athletes, I guess, just got faster or whatever, but it is a SEC level fast defense offense is kind of just like Georgia or Bama. or, uh, but you know, the whole line and then Corum runs, I, I, you'll be you watching run. He doesn't look like he looks kind of goofy, but yeah. he runs like, like it's his last run yeah. every single And then they then their quarterback's five-star guy. He's from Chicago. He's a, He's a Chicago kid that actually uh, Illinois was like North Korea during the pandemic, so they canceled football because they're <laughs> buttholes. But uh, they, so he played his senior year at IMG, he's one of the few that went to IMG. Where I was like, "Yeah, you should go to IMG." But uh, just a rocket arm, smart, athletic enough type kid. And then, and you're right, John Jim Harbaugh and coach. I told everybody when he got the Michigan Damn. job, he'd have him in the playoff in three years. Took him a little longer, but, but it's three go. years in a row. But you're talking about a guy at Stanford. He had the athleticism of of, of the current lineup of the show, right? <laughs> hey, easy, dude. <laughs> went in, went into Southern Cal, beat Pete Carroll, and talked smack afterward. Yeah.
1: John, John, <laughs> don't one let him say, great say that. We,
2: you're an athlete. I'm an athlete. I mean, it's, hey, come on, man. say you don't have morgues on here, or you know. Hey, We're
3: not home. talking about That's church softball and bourbon drinking here, you know. Yeah. I, I, I know I make a, I got a gold medal in the beer Olympics, right? So, you know, right. me, and, me and Phil both.
1: Well, yeah, I, I,
8: I, I, I'll give you my take, man. I got to run and go get a haircut. Yep, but yep. this uh, – I think Washington has the edge on offense in this game. Uh, Michigan has the edge on defense. Uh, so it's all going to I – think, I think it's going to be a close, fantastic game. Uh, I did take Washington minus four – or plus four and a half. So I'm picking them to cover. I think it's a three-point game, whichever way it goes. And I think it will be a, a great football game versus, uh, you know, the SEC teams getting in there and blowing people out every year.
2: I think it's a – a yeah, that's a great uh, great evaluation of it. And, and, and I think, too, with the portal and, and how guys can come in – and they can leave so fast, and this, that, and the other. I think we're learning something in, in this age of you got to hire a recruiter. You got to have a, There's no doubt. You got to be able to recruit. Duh. Like you got to be able to yeah. sign players. You can't sign <clears throat> players. But you have absolutely got to be able to develop and coach. Because if you only get them for a year or two, you got to maximize them in the short amount of time that you've got them before they're out of there. Or you're going to continue doing this, or you'll always just do that. Um, yeah. That's hard. That's hard to find those coaches, John. But, you know, we'll see.
8: It's uh, it's a tough world in college football. And uh, i just give this advice to fans. Don't get too uh, sentimental and caught up with players on the team. Just try and enjoy the game. Don't get caught up on the players. Uh, but you do got to spend your money to get good players. So help do that. But don't get too caught up on the players. If somebody goes, there's always another guy leaving somewhere else. You bring it in. Uh, so don't get too caught up on that. I will say this, though. The one thing that kind of pissed me off during this whole portal thing was the receiver that went to Boston College, okay, dip, dipping out like that, and and the tight end, which the tight end I'm not so pissed about because uh, his coach got hired at A&M. So it's kind of really hard to fault that kid uh That he decommitted from us and went out there, but it's still it still pissed me off. He hurts because so,
3: you can't replace him. He there's nah, nobody
8: else like him. I like I the
3: know. like they've already replaced McGowan's a five eight receiver, right? Twelve yeah. career catches in the SEC. Fast, but that the hugging the kid they got from Louisville can replace him. Yeah, you can't replace that Brady. But Brady Hunt, Daggum, Andy Boyd,
8: I oh, Hayden I Hurst, that kind of he, guy. My man, he's a, he's a big boy. I don't yeah. know if they got the speed Hayden did, though. Hayden, Hayden. Hayden, Hayden can run.
2: Top end, boy. Different, different. So did Andy fruit. Boyd, man.
8: I could outrun Andy. Who are you kidding? <laughs>
3: boy, I, I tell you what, though. He had some games where it, it Spur, when Spurrier got there, he had some games where he was just wide open. Like Spurrier's oh, yeah. scheme was just wide open. And it'd take about three seconds for him to catch up to. That's right. all he, yeah, that he caught down, down in the side, swamp.
2: Boy, yeah, that yeah, that, my, that yeah. little corner tried to come up and tackle him. These boom. boom. Yeah, I loved watching him play man. They are not a tougher.
3: There was not a tougher game cock during that period than Andy Boyd. I mean, uh, he's yeah. he's tough as nails. That's
2: that's Just, back when getting a 6 year was rare. Now everybody's had a yeah, six year, yeah. you know. Everybody's yeah.
8: getting 7 and 8
4: and 9 years. Yeah. I mean,
2: shit. <laughs> I remember joking with Andy after that play. I was like, "Dude, you crushed that." They were everybody's heartbroken of how that game ended, of course. And he, it, you know, Andy goes, yeah, like I caught the ball and like this guy was trying to hack me. I'm like, yeah, not today, man. And I'm like, not today, man. Not today. I, 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 love, how throwing,
8: I love how you're throwing Andy's voice out there. We we got a running tub. joke every time we see him. He was one time in the locker room real quick. He was we were making fun of, you know, just doing mama jokes and we were giving Andy a hard time. And he goes, My mom's a nice lady. <laughs> we were like, all right, forest go." <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like, man. Like, come on,
4: like, dude. <laughs> well, John, I
8: love, I love Andy. Though
2: I do too, big teddy Great. bear, isn't he? One Great of the kindest game, people on the planet. Uh, just, just absolutely love him. I need to call him. Uh, I'm going up for a game, a game in a couple of weeks, and I, I need to go see him. He's still in West. In the right? game
8: tomorrow, yeah, he is. He's still right over there, right across the bridge.
2: Okay, yeah, wow. I need to call him. I talked to him yeah. last year. I, I haven't talked to him since last football season. I got to call him. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
8: I'm, pumped, I'm pumped about the basketball game tomorrow. I'm taking me yep. and the, the, my boys. We're going to the game. So, see what we got. Cause Big Michigan's opportunity. A pretty good team. Yep. Yeah, yeah, huge.
2: Huge day. Huge day. Yep. Good for them. Front and center right now. Gamecock basketball. Go out there and, and prove, prove everybody what you're it out. For. That's right. Hey, man. Uh, don't. Don't. You know, don't go too short on the beard, and um, we'll get you back here soon. But appreciate you. Starting to with.
8: look like JD or JC did. Uh, what about a month or two ago? JC didn't you have that thing all wild? I had it. It was
3: crazy. Yeah, and I, um, I, I shaved before <laughs> I went to the wedding, and then I actually got it professionally trimmed.
2: Day. Of. <laughs> hey, we. I saw him, Phil. I was. We were at the uh, the hotel that morning. No. Yeah, that morning, or, and I saw him. And then I'm at the that afternoon, Gunner and I are sitting down on West Palm Beach at this bar a couple hours before the wedding, and JC well walks did. in, turned around, looked at him, I said,
4: Look like a new man. Did Played you get a haircut nice, in the last yeah. like three hours? She was like, Yeah, as a matter of fact, yeah, I did. I did like,
5: here on the beach. <laughs> <laughs>
4: yeah, my haircut. She's
8: she's gonna trim it up and then she'll huh? line it up, you know. Yeah, a that's, bottom, a, that's a good know? feeling. That's a good yeah. feeling.
2: Yeah, well, John, thank you, man. Really do appreciate it. Great stuff. Really great stuff. Hopefully, people uh, learned a lot today, as I know I did. And uh, we look forward to getting you back in here really soon.
8: All right, guys. Appreciate it. Always, Always great it. to talk to you. And, uh, maybe maybe sooner sooner than later again.
2: And when I come up there, I'm coming to have a lot of that bourbon. Procedure. Yeah,
8: whatever you want to do, man. It's here for sharing. Sharing is hearing.
2: I, w- I won't bring Michael because he doesn't know what to do with good bourbon. He, he's.
8: No, he doesn't.
4: No, are that. nah. See, ask See coke.
2: It. That's right. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> See you, dude. Thank you. All nice right. Later. Later. There you go, later. John Strickland. Uh, <laughs> all right. We got to get a – golly. All right, Phil, s- day squeeze day. us in Not here. Uh, we we got to hit a uh, timeout, and uh, we got to tip our cap to some GameCop baseball stuff. When we get back and uh, we got some a couple more basketball things to squeeze in. And, uh, J.C., I want to get you to quickly add on to this uh, running back coach conversation, too. So, I, don't turn us off yet. I promise you, you're going to miss something here on Inside the Game. By the God. way,
3: Washington's yeah. Oh, yeah. 2022 recruiting class was ranked 95th in the country.
2: I, I know. We <laughs> went over these numbers two days ago. I'm telling you, I went through every single. Somebody put a post about it up on the boards. And I, I went through all of these. I'm telling you, they're not I the, wonder, I wonder what, I wonder is what or their percentage. blue chip please God win if
3: the blue chip ratio oh, is yes. more than 50%. I'm yeah. so sick of hearing about the blue chip ratio. It's the most captain obvious thing ever. It's like saying, Yeah, you know, um, you know, most surgeries turn out painless when you have anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Really? A hundred percent of them. <laughs> yeah. <right>. this at- <laughs> Come on, yeah. man. Come on, you know, and I'm I'm sick of hearing about it. Like all all these little teams that have a chance. Well, what? And then you got like Miami every year. and they, go, they lose how many games? Seven, eight, six. <laughs> Always that blue chip ratio is up there though. Yep. Come on, that's donkey.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah right. and c- coaching does matter. Kalen DeBoer is one of the best coaches in the
2: country. Too. He is. Phenomenal. I've been
3: singing that for a while.
2: Phenomenal. Might be the best coach in college football. I wouldn't tell that to Nick Could Saban. Be. All right, got to hit a timeout. We'll be right back.
0: Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce of any goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers
2: the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. (laughs) Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. Electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks the show. Hey
0: Gamecock Nation, my name is Kyle, longtime listener of the show and avid golfer. I wanted to take my game to the next level, but let's face it, golf is a hard game to learn on your own. I heard the ad from McKellar Enterprises and reached out to the owner and former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. In just two months of working with Meredith, I shot my lowest round ever, and I've never felt more confident in my golf game. So if you're looking to take your game to the next level, go to McKellarEnterprises.org and book your lesson today with former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor. Go Gamecocks!
1: While another one closes, that means go goes. today. Not today, sweetie. One heart's breaking while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own. it to the ground, these walls could fall right down. Because it's become my
4: home. We don't have to tell Mama. Because it's become my home.
2: Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say, and so does the Barndo Company where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit the TheBarnDominiumCo.com. That's the TheBarnDominiumCo.com.
0: The Barn Dough Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Down here in the south... We don't always see eye to eye, while our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America. And raised in the South.
2: Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecocks great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend. A career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres, Campbell was first all time in games played at bats and triples, second all time in hits with 299 singles and total bases third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Supes Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing and create a special game plan to help improve it call them at 859-414-8240 email soups swingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the chief sports app soups swing shop play ball Welcome back, 152 Inside the Gamecocks, the show, final eight minutes or so of our work week, and then we're going to take another couple of days off, which is Saturday and Sunday, and then we will uh, be back on uh, Monday. Shane Beamer just tweeted a welcome home. Carolina has received a new commitment. I can tell you exactly who it is. It's Logan Diggs. He will be coming to Carolina from LSU. Uh, They additionally will be bringing in... Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, Logan Diggs, and uh, Talia Tungavailoa. This has been in the works for a while. All three of them are that's transferring right. to the University of South Carolina. Uh, so congratulations, everybody. You can all go to sleep tonight and feel really good about the future. of uh, Tomorrow, though, um, the entire running back room and the entire defensive line will be transferring out.
4: That's right. Jimmy Smith has so. uh, rented a transit van to uh, go pick them all up and bring them with him. That is correct. Is that uh,
3: party van from the wedding.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right.
3: Here, uh, on a, on the yeah. That's exactly um, all right. So listen, um all right, so I wanted to point this out to everybody because we got I get this all the time. Are they really doing okay in the portal? They don't have any power five guys. Well, <laughs> let's take a look and see how this worked out, right? Okay, so South Carolina has signed uh roughly twenty eight guys out of the portal since Shane's been here. Uh, about 14 of those are what I call hits. There's two question marks. Yeah, it's about 500, um, which isn't bad, you know, all things considered. Division two and FCS, guys, the only ones I have down as misses is Sidney Fugar, maybe. He's got two more years, so he's more of a question mark. Uh, and EJ Jenkins, who I don't know that I would call miss, just maybe misused, he's certainly – played a big part in a lot of wins for the Gamecocks down the stretch with his blocking. Um, so other than that, they're seven of nine with guys that start or make a difference, guys in the two deep from the FCS and Division II ranks. Group of five, three of five right now, with Drew tua being the question mark. He's still there. Corey Rucker's the only miss. I don't think Corey Rucker was a talent issue was it? He went back to Arkansas State. He's kind of a weirdo. If you want to be get right down to it, he's still making plays out there. So they're three of five. There's this 10 of 14. The guys they've gotten for Power 5, four of 14, includes Karan Prunty, Tyrese Ross, Jakeem Green, Lavassier Carroll, Terrell Dawkins, Fleet of Foot Austin Stogner, Eddie Lewis, Nick Elksness, who's still a question mark, um, I mean, sure. There's Spencer Rattlers in there, and you got Amari Brown counts as a as a hit, you know, even though he's pretty, you know, average. Uh, you know, when you look at the lower levels, you're talking about guys like Juice Wells and Josh Simon, and uh, you know, guys that are really really good. You know, guys that have Mario Anderson that's helped. Uh, a lot, uh, David Spalding's made plays when he's been healthy. Jordan Strawn, when he was healthy, made plays. So, you know, facts tell us, facts tell us <laughs> that this staff does pretty good at finding guys on lower levels. And if you look across the country, man, it's not all about getting guys for Power Five. You know, a lot of those recruiting classes, you know, sure, some of the guys old Miss got, anybody will Walter Nolan, everybody wants. But some yeah. of these some of these portal classes like at Kentucky last year, a lot of names from Power Five schools. Where did that get them? The Gator Bowl? Mm-hmm. Lost to Carolina again. Lucky to beat Louisville. Lost how many games in a row? I just don't know, man. I I, I don't I don't think people should be crapping all over uh well, some of these younger lower level guys. They're hungry, they want to play, they're appreciative of the opportunity, and there's guys like that all over the NFL.
2: Loved what John had to say just a minute ago about uh, Cedric Williams and his comments on the uh, young, the uh, offensive lineman who just committed from North Carolina Central. We, we'll find out a little bit later on today uh, who the latest commitment is uh, from Shane Beamer. Quickly here, JC, uh, should we expect anything over the weekend from the desk of the Big Spur on the uh, running back opening? Uh, obviously, Jimmy Smith's name continues to come up. It, uh, guys, it should continue to come up, and it will. Uh, in addition to his name, though, any others, uh, or, or do do we expect to hear anything in the next forty eight hours?
3: I would anticipate the uh, there being a resolution relatively soon.
2: Yeah, um, I, would
3: I think with these types of things around here, it never happens when all we all, we all think it's going to happen. It's either quickly, more quickly, or less quickly. Obviously, I think Jimmy Smith makes a ton of sense. Uh, but I think a lot of other guys to do, are out there that, that could make a ton of sense, too. I mean, you know, it's it's a running back's coach position. We're not – it's not a coordinator or anything like that. The guy has to be able to recruit. And that was the thing that got Montario, uh, you know. Um, did a good job coaching Mario for sure. But, man, when every player except Juju McDowell leaves early and then when you strike out like he did on the recruiting trail at the high school ranks – I mean, you, you can't, yeah. you, you can't keep your job. I mean, that's just, it's, it's a recruiting position. I don't know of a single school that as a running backs coach, it's a liability personnel wise where not only guys are getting the hell out as quickly as they possibly can. And that's for a number of reasons, you know, it's hard to blame all that on Ontario but everybody, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and then you can't backfill and, you know, he got nobody. And, and these guys, they got in the portal that, that really was more of a Taylor Edwards uh, deal than a Montero and Shane Beamer than Montario. So, All so right. that's, uh, right. so there we go with that. I think, uh, I think, you know, and look, I hope Ontario gets another job. Maybe he goes back to the lower level and, you know, his fortunes change in recruiting, maybe yeah. learn some tricks, you know, <laughs> something like that, but, uh, Best of luck to him, no yeah, doubt. not a, but not a bad person, you know,
2: Another former head coach is the new DC at North Carolina. Jeff Collins has been named uh, the uh, defensive coordinator for the Tar Heels, replacing Gene Chizik. That's some news out of the coaching portal, if you will. On the baseball side, I C Y M I, that would mean in case you missed it in uh, the year 2024. Yesterday, uh, Perfect Game announced catcher Cole Messina as a third team preseason All American. And Ethan Petrie, the sophomore outfielder, a first-team preseason All-American. And now today, the Gamecocks ranked 13th in the preseason by perfect game, one of eight SEC programs in the top 15, sweet Jesus. Clemson (laughs) has been ranked in the preseason top 25 by perfect game as well, at number 21, and Coastal in there at number 25. And that is how you do it, guys and gals! So great to have great to have JC back. The Big Spur this weekend is going to be full of content. There are four at least players on campus today. We'll be keeping our eyes on them. Uh, Shane Beamer has already announced one of them is a new commitment to the program. We'll find out who officially here pretty soon. They'll have that for you at the Big Spur. Uh, plenty of coaching news and potential more openings down the road. John, JC, Hale, Alex. Tony and the gang uh, are going to be working hard. And then on Monday, we'll be here to recap that, talk about the national championship game and more. Most importantly, or the two most important things, though, Gamecock basketball, hopefully you can all get in there tomorrow and watch them play at noon. Cannot wait. Derek and Casey will have the call at 1130 in the morning. Gamecock's looking to go 13-1 and and 1-0 in SEC play as they march towards – yeah, you got it, March. If you missed the beginning of our show today – We honored our dear friend, who we love, and we love his wife, no offense, more. Nat, they got married on December the 30th. We'll leave you with that video one more time, and we look forward to seeing you again at 11 a.m. on Monday right here in the Cinerama Studios inside the Gamecocks, the show.
1: Only fools rush in But I see, darling, so it goes, some things are meant to be.